Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now. Good morning to you. It is two minutes and 15 seconds after the hour of five in this, the month of June in the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming by, making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed, yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101 KUFO, right here in beautiful uh, downtown Portland, Oregon. Thank you for joining us on this uh, Wednesday. It is Wednesday, and welcome to Day 12. My name is Rick Emerson. This is the Rick Emerson Radio Program, an excursion into amusements of all varieties. Uh, if you would like to join us today telephonically, you can do that. It is 503-228-4101, 503-228-4101. Uh, you can also email if you like. It is rick at rickemerson.com, rick at rickemerson.com, Sarah with an H at kufo.com, Tim at kufo.com, or Nibbler with one B, not two, at kufo.com. Uh, you can also text if you like. It is 52051, 520 Five one. All right, let's just uh, go down the list. Tim, do you have this uh, the Matt Lauer, uh, uh, Sandra Bullock thing? I do not. No. Okay, that is fantastic. Is so rarely do I beat you to the punch in anything. As early as I uh, as early as I rise, uh, the worm is still gotten by the bird that is the Tim Riley uh, news machine. So, all right. So I've got uh, some Matt Lauer sound uh, that I'm tracking down. So I'll get that. I have the Matt Lauer sound. Do you have the new uh, cheap trick song? I don't. I don't collect songs. Okay. Usually I don't. <laughs> I haven't bought a 45 in 12 years. I used to buy them once a week. I like you go right to whether I was asking you if you had a 45 of the new cheap trick song. Not had you heard it. Not did you have access to it. Not had you seen it online. Not had you streamed it somehow. Not was it available on some sort of file sharing site. Not did you watch it on YouTube. Did you in fact purchase it on a 45 revolutions per minute flexi disc? That's correct, yes. Tim, did your new box of uh, did your new box of alphabets contain the new cheap tricks side? No, I hold uh, right here in my hands the new cheap tricks single. Now, here's why you care about it. You care about it a because it's cheap trick and they're awesome. B, have you heard this, Sarah? Do you even know what I'm referring to? No, I haven't. Okay, I hold here. Greg, do you know what I'm referring to? The new cheap trick single, and that was a shake of the head that indicates, by the way, that Greg doesn't really care. That's fine. I can tell the difference though. Don't think I can't. I care. In my hands, the new cheap trick single. The name of this song is? Yes. Is? Yes. The name of the song is just Transformers. And yes, it is the lead single from Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen. Oh, so, so this is a product tie-in. Yes, it is, Tim. Well, that's so, what we're here for. I haven't really heard it. Uh, I heard about 14 seconds of it yesterday as I was walking by somebody's office. And because because I, I knew that it was coming out, and then I'd gone online, and I'd found it, and I downloaded it. And it was one of those things... Do you ever do this where you download something and then you promptly forgot that you've downloaded it? Uh, downloading? Downloading? <laughs> downloading? Uh, I don't forget that I... With the downloading. And the me not, didn't not, remembers. Me, <laughs> me no think good with broadband purchases. Uh, so I downloaded it, but then just immediately forgot that it was there. Uh, and I forgot that it was there until I was given the actual uh, compact disc of it. Do we even have a CD player? 
I saw um, one in the new studio. Okay, but do we, is there one in this studio where we actually have to do the show? Does it oh. work? I believe so. All right, so we'll uh, so we'll listen to the new uh, Cheap Trick song today, which is called Transformers The Fallen. So is this a right category there. for, like, the worst song ever? You shut your mouth. <laughs> is it a category for the worst song ever? It's Cheap Trick. I mean, it's, the, tra- it's Cheap Trick singing about Transformers. You know, that, doesn't, that, that doesn't matter. I, cheap Trick could sing about any number of things. Okay, so. Well, I'm very excited. Cheap Trick sang a song about waking up in bed with a clown one time. I mean, it's just, it doesn't, you know, it, it's really, it's not, it's one, not what they do, Sarah. It's how they do what they okay. do. Uh, CNN Radio correspondent Steve uh, Kastenbaum will join us today. Uh, from No, I'm making that up. It's going to be Jim Roop, uh, who will talk about the Screen Actors Guild, who I guess are... I don't know, threatening to ruin something again. It's no, no, kind of what no, they do. They, they voted in favor of the new contract. That's what that phone... Remember when my phone rang the other day for the first time in a year? Yes. They were calling to ask me if I voted. Oh, had you voted? I did. All right. And I voted to ratify the contract. Excellent. Okay, so they're not ruining something. So they're actually preserving our entertainment. Yes, it, it, it is the right-wing extreme... Uh, section of the guild that was trying to destroy things. Well, it always is, Tim. Mm. That's the problem. Your fringe elements. Mm. Uh, speaking of music, yes, yeah, so we have the Cheap Trick single. I have this Matt Lauer, uh, uh, Sandra Bullock thing, which is awkward because he keeps asking her about the nude scene in that new movie she does with Ryan Reynolds, The Proposal. Oh, really? Which actually looks pretty funny. I was all primed to hate it, but the thing is, I just... I, I, it's I, easy to hate. Well, I like Ryan Reynolds and... Sandra Bullock, I don't really, I'm kind of indifferent to, but I kind of root for her in some ways because she just seems like things go badly. I like her. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. She seems like kind of a stooge. Like, she doesn't really make a lot of good choices in her life. Well, she see, has that Sand, that Jennifer Aniston thing going on. The important thing is, does Ryan Reynolds get nude? I believe he does. Oh. And apparently he's all chiseled and, uh, and hot. And he is well, there's a, so dreamy. Have you ever seen the trailer for it? There's a, there's a mm-hmm. sequence in the trailer where he is full-on nude and falls onto her on the floor, on a hardwood floor, so to speak. Uh, so, Matt Lauer keeps asking about her being nude because she's nude in it. Uh, and I don't know if he's nude in the actual film, like if you can see anything. There's a sequence where he is purportedly nude. I don't know if it's actually him or if you can see anything. But she is, and he goes back to the fact that there's a nude scene we sent her look like a hundred times. Matt Lauer does. So we've got that. And I do have It's the Worst Song Ever. Do you have the, the, the thing, and this is one of those uh, deals that I think got sent to a lot of us yesterday, but I don't know if you got it or not. It's the guy singing Amazing Grace at a church service. No, but oh, someone sent it to awesome. me, but I, I haven't didn't listen awesome. to it. It's so great. It's one of the best things you've ever seen. So uh, all that's on the way uh, and uh, so forth. Oh, and a big uh, concert announcement coming up today at 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock today. 8 o'clock this morning we'll do a, uh, a big, uh, a, another musical announcement. So that is uh, headed your direction as what well. What could that be? I don't know, Tim. I guess we'll have to wait and find out together. At the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is 5.09. Expect some drizzle early today, clowning the rest of the day. What is this all this baby killing going on? Here's another one. A 21-year-old illegal immigrant faces murder charges after a dead baby was born in a, in a portable toilet in Hermiston. Yeah. Really? In Hermiston? Yeah. Uh, she claims she didn't know that she was pregnant and admits to giving a fake social security number to get a job. Then the Beaverton woman charged with murdering the Craigslist woman could face additional charges. A homeless man accused of murdering a 13-year-old Vancouver girl has pled guilty. Darren Sanford admits he stabbed Alicia Nip to death in a vacant lot near her home. Tax the rich. The Oregon State House has approved two bills to raise $733 million in new taxes from businesses and the upper class. The Senate will vote on the bills today, so we'll find out. Two people have been killed in an explosion at a Slim Jim's factory in North Carolina. This is kill, uh, caused by an ammonia leak. Uh, firefighters responded to the factory at 
4851 Jones Sausage Road at 1130 yesterday morning. Many suffer from exposure to toxic flames and ammonia. No one wants to die on Jones Sausage Road or in Hermiston, by the way. I and mean, really slim Jim's factory. It seems like there's a uh, like there's a joke there somewhere, but I don't. You know, like some sort of a snap into a Slim Jim's kind of a thing, but I don't I don't know what it would be. And I actually had somebody email me late, late, late last night, like 1130 or so. Somebody sent me an email, and it was, it was, it was I know you and Tim will make me feel less alone for snickering at this, said the woman. Uh, and it was about that explosion at the Slim Jim's factory. And I was trying to come up with some sort of a Slim Jim's pun or some sort of a, a riff on the on the snap into it line. And I just, I, I worked on it for, for like half an hour this morning, and I couldn't come up with anything. So everybody will have to... You have to do that among your, uh, you know, among yourselves out there. Here's Tim. Hollywood, after a year of nasty infighting, members of the Screen Actors Guild decided by a huge margin that the show must go on. 78% of the voting members decided to ratify a two-year contract covering movies and television shows made by the studios. So what is the, now what is the practical, not the, not the practical well, It has 110,000 members, and ballots were sent to everyone and uh, more than 35% cast votes. But is this the, is this where they're fighting over like the, the so-called new media? Uh, it's like DVD uh, royalties or something? The new contract uh, raises actors' minimum pay by 3% and grants another 3.5% raise by the second year. And uh, also, yeah, it has uh, more jurisdiction over the internets. Excellent. Well, good for them. So that's that. All right. Well, so the, no more fighting for a while. The amusement will continue. Yes. Just days after his death, David Carradine's final TV guest spot has aired. Last night, the late actor appeared as a professor who became catatonic after being struck by lightning on the Fox series Mental. His role, while uh, prominent in the storyline, was a non-speaking one. The episode... I think all his roles are non-speaking now. Now they will be. The episode was just a third from Fox's new medical drama, which debuted May 26th. Do you have that soundbite of his, of his ex-wife? Yes, I do. Uh, it, I was going to save it for later. I'll play it now. No, no, no. We, no, we can save it for later. I just want to make sure that somebody had it. it of course I did. I, and I, here's something I didn't see. I guess his ex-wife was on um, Larry King. Mm-hmm. And Oh, and I've got a Larry King story, by the way, uh, that you're going to enjoy hearing. A story about Larry Is King. Is this so, about a Kitty Couric date? No, 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 no. It's, well... Those are the ones that really matter the most. Well... Yes and no, actually. Uh, so it, 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 She turned him down. It sort of has to do with some of those Larry King anecdotes, including the, the, uh, the uh, alleged uh, Katie Couric date. So, or non-date. Would, don't you want to get her in a room and ask her if that was a date? You know, ask Katie Couric, so did you go on a date with Larry King? Just because you know that she's just going to shake her head. But no, no. You sort of picture him as being uh, like Michael from The Office, where he's just completely trying to frame it as a date. And meanwhile, Jan is just, it's not, not a date. We were just, no, we were just going to a paper conference or whatever. So uh, Larry King stuff. So David Carradine's one of his ex-wives was on uh, the Larry King show, and I didn't see this, uh, but uh, um, uh, Susan Reynolds told me about this. That I mean, you got to figure if you're her and you come on, you know what they're going to ask you. And they really drilled her on this business of him having the incest uh, relationship. And they're like, you know, who was it with? And she's, I'm not going to talk about it. Who was it with? I'm not going to talk about. It. Who was it with? And they just asked her like a hundred times, and she wouldn't say anything. It's like, why would she even bother to go on the show if she's not going to give them any information? It was very frustrating. So uh, anyway. All right. Well, on that note, uh, we'll do this. We'll get caught up. We'll have uh, more stuff later. All right. Well, we will, uh, I'm sorry. Sarah just gave me. We don't remember have, our new system. That we no, no, no. Have? I understand. Sarah yeah. just gave me a hand signal, sort of like when a catcher is trying to signal you to do like a grease ball or something. Uh, and I uh, and but, but I didn't recognize what it was right off. And so you were you were holding up a three. And I'm like, what? Inside slider away. I I don't understand. I understand what we're doing now. What's, it all a, makes what's sense. a three? It's a whole. It's Sarah and I worked this at this whole. This is a three, code. Tim. 
You know, there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes right here just to make this uh, this program an excursion excursion into excellence. All right. uh, Straight ahead, more news from Tim Riley. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Stay there. We'll uh, we'll have one of these uh, uh, Larry King sound bites when we come back. All right. Don't miss a moment of the Rick Emerson Show. Or you'll be filled with desperate, miserable shame. Listen online. Live or via podcast at KUFO.com. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO, and Wednesday morning is uh, where we are in the uh, middle of this week. It is Portland, uh, Oregon, which is the town. It is 503-228-4101. That is our phone number, and 5205, uh, wait, 5 is uh, how you can uh, text us today. So lots of stuff to get to. Uh, we've got a, a big concert announcement coming up at 8 o'clock. Also another installment of Mystery Guest, or who the hell is this I'm talking to? That's coming up at 720. And so is this the guest that you guys uh, were putting together the last couple of days, uh, you and uh, Nibbler? No, well, this is one that we're still really stoked about, but there was another possibility. I actually just contacted the person again to see if we can maybe get this other person at the last minute. But right now we're going with the backup mystery guest. Yes, and still this good, person, but... still good. Um, yes, uh, Greg has spoken to this person on the phone, and he believes that it's going to be a good one. Awesome. All and right. I believe in Greg, so. All right, so uh, Peter Carlin for the Oregonian will join us as well. And then, uh, Timmy, you were saying, as far as this David Carradine thing, so the you've got some audio that we can uh, we can get to now or later, whenever whenever you feel it's appropriate. But this is probably I'll... not from Larry King. Right. Because I didn't see the Larry King thing, but apparently they uh, they were talking to one of his, well, I mean, it, I think it was the fourth wife. I don't know how many ex-wives he had. Uh, like five or six, but I think I think at some uh, juncture they they asked her. They said, "Well, you know, like what, what's this business in the divorce filing about him getting it on with a relative?" And she wouldn't talk about that. And then somebody else asked the question that I have been wondering, which is, "Well, how is it that like six years ago you can put in this divorce filing? Oh, by the way, he was humping it out with a close relative of his and committing this, you know, having this like incest thing." And how can that not be found out? And somebody said, well, you know, celebrities just divorce. I mean, there's hundreds of celebrity divorces happening every day. There's just no time to get to them all. And who really ever thought to go look through David uh, Carradine's stuff? I mean, he just seems like the person least likely. So this Uh, is one of his ex-wives. And she says he used to tie himself up all the time in the bedroom. He did like to tie himself up. But he told me it was a form of meditation. Where did he like to kind of tie himself in the bedroom where else sounds like phyllis Diller. i think th- that really does <laughs> wow uh, a yeah i was i was gonna sound go like someone sexy you want to be tied up with she sounds like madam from madam's place yeah. also i like how they they have to do like the the weird obligatory pseudo asian music that's in the background even when they're talking about something that has nothing to do with that kung fu show i'm surprised they don't, they don't use a gong it's like, <laughs> it's like every well tim he's he has been gonged out at long long last um so that, and then I think she is answering a different question than the one she was asked. Uh, when the woman says, where does he like to tie himself? I don't think the answer they were looking for was like geographically where in the house. I think they, uh, I think that was sort of like a, did he like to do it in the back of a, of a, of a Volkswagen kind of a thing. Uh, all right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, at the news desk, here is your personal savior, Mr. Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. 526. Expect some drizzle early this morning. Cloudy skies the rest of the day. Trey Arrow is out at his new home Ugh. in Portland. It's a halfway house. 
He flew in from California yesterday and rode a bike from the airport to his new residence. Are you kidding me? No. All right. Sorry. I guess you wouldn't be. No. You are a newsman. This is where he's going to finish off his final six months of this sentence. He thinks of himself as a victim, claiming setting fire to cement and logging tracks was his way of protesting government policy. I'm not saying he ought to be just be savagely, just, I mean, just both fists, just right there. I mean, I'm not saying that because that, that's wrong. I'm just saying that one could be forgiven for wishing. Boy, he just irritates the hell out of me. I, and here's the thing, and probably nobody, I would say with every passing week, fewer and fewer people who live in Portland even know who Trey Arrow is, much less people who live outside. You know who Trey Arrow is, right? Yeah, well, that's because of his uh, most famous uh, stunt of sitting on the ledge of the forestry building downtown in the year 2000. Pooping in a box. With the bucket. Mm-hmm. With his hippie chicks. Yeah. that bucket up and down. We love you. He was the environmental terrorist guy, right? Yes, yes. he was. He and is, is, by the way. That's is not a terrorist. A, yeah, that's not past tense. That is still the case. And he had a bunch of, like, low-rent pseudo-Manson girls uh, who were down there, like, handing With him a... beat-up van. <laughs> Seriously. Sitting down there just stinking of filth and failure, handing him a cigar box to poop into. Seriously, F that guy. And then I went to see, uh, Laura and I went to see uh, uh, Ralph Nader speak several years ago. This is like, uh, this is before the 2000 election. This is before he, along with Al Gore's massive incompetence, managed to louse everything up for the next eight years. So we went to see... Uh, Al Gore speak at Memorial Coliseum, which is which is uh, pretty incredible because, he, uh, however crazy he may seem now, and he does seem very, very, very crazy at times. Uh, Ralph Nader is one of the smartest guys who's ever walked the earth, and so it was a pretty great night, but marred only by the fact that there's so there's Ralph Nader, and then there's all these sort of you know thinkers from various um, places on the political spectrum, and then right in the middle of the panel is Trey Arrow. Who and because that was right after the box pooping, I think, mm-hmm. uh, and so it was. Re- he was like his star was still sort of ascendant at that point, and they brought him out and I made a big, I and and I made a big point of not clapping, but it didn't really seem to have the effect that I. Uh, it didn't really have the. Uh, it didn't have the sort of uh, the resonance that I wanted it to, as far as actions go. Here's Tim Riley. An 18-year-old Portland boy charged with accidentally killing his roommate. As his charges reduced, Andrew Perez reportedly shot Chance Karen in the head back in April. He was charged with manslaughter, but the grand jury has agreed to reduce those charges. He'll only spend five years in jail if convicted. Former Lincoln County realtor Gerhard Giesler will spend the next five years in the pen for child porn. He was sentenced after being found guilty of having the pics on his computer. Uh, let's see. We already talked about that. Anyway, we have uh, we have the Letterman thing coming up here in just is a minute. It, is it Gerhard? What is his name? Gerhard Giesler? Yes, Gerhard Giesler. Does, doesn't Gerhard Giesler... Doesn't that sound like Gerhard Giesler sounds like one of those uh, sort of artificially kooky names that they would use to pitch some home style product that's really made in a big factory in New Brunswick? You know what I mean? It would Gerhard Giesler's uh, the comestible snacks and treats or whatever. Or it would be like or, or here's another thing that Americans love. Americans love it when you take a really, really goofily long name. And then you follow it with a really oversimplified description of the food they serve there, and then everything is expensive. And there's a and then there's like a decoration on the wall of like an owl with sunglasses. So it'd be like you know, Thaddeus Throckmeyer's, uh, you know, an eating establishment or something. And Gerhard Giesler sounds a lot like that, but child porn. So Sarah Palin's upset about uh, David Letterman's top ten. About her trip to New York City. First, I guess we should hear what they are. Find out what oh, she's Sarah Palin's trip to New York. Here we go, number 10. Visited New York landmarks she normally only sees from Alaska. Number 8. <laughs> Laughed at all the crazy-looking foreigners entering the U.N. Number 8. <laughs> number 8. Made moose jerky on Rachel Ray. Number 7. 
Lockheed Tina Fey's car. Number six. Yeah. After a wink and a nod, ended up with a kilo of crack. What is that? How does that... Number five, made coats out of New York City rat pelts. Number four. <laughs> Sat in for Kelly Ripa. Regis couldn't tell the difference. And number three, finally met one of those Jewish people Mel Gibson's always talking about. Uh, number two, uh, bought makeup at Bloomingdale's to update her slutty flight attendant look. And... <laughs> The number one highlight is Sarah Palin's trip to New York. Uh, especially enjoyed not appearing on Letterman. Well, there you go. So, wait, so when when was that? It was, was that? Uh, it was we, the night before last. Okay, so she was just there recently. Yeah, she wasn't. Remember, we played the soundbite yesterday. She yeah, was but there I over the weekend. Yeah, I, I mean, I remember us playing. I remember hearing a sort of vague squawk, squawk, squawk noise at some point during the show. Well, but I, why was she in New York? What was she speaking at? Just a dinner. Oh, that was is that one of those like I'm going to be president someday things yeah. that she's doing sort of like a well, like an she exhibition and New game. Are, are like doing these because they both think they're going to be president. Oh well, that's... so uh, she really objects to being called uh, a slutty flight attendant. Oh, good old David Letterman. Uh, you know I, what a commentary there. Um, a slow news day, evidently not having anything else to talk about. <laughs> that's uh, pretty pathetic. Good old David Letterman. Wow. Okay. You know, that wasn't I, a very good defense. No, that I was really expecting no. more from her. No, was, she's going to wear herself out pretty soon anyway. Yeah, that wasn't really like a like a that really wasn't like a Mencken esque uh, sort of rejoinder that she gave there. I think it was Chris Neither or somebody sent me a text the other day. Chris Neither, who by the way I think is taking part of that. Would we have Joey Chestnut on last year because he did the competitive eating thing mm -hmm. at the coast? So our friend uh, Chris Neither went out there in the, the whatever the, the sort of amateur uh, you know uh, strata of that where you just sort of volunteer to go in and I don't know it was like ribs or something or corn on the cob or whatnot but I think he actually did so well that he's being invited back this year to to sort of compete in like the semi pro round so I was talking to him about that and he was making this observation about Sarah Palin he said that and this is really true Sarah Palin probably could be president if she just. It, Sarah Palin is like one of those criminals we're always talking about that has the really great plan, but then just completely bungles the getaway because she has no second act. Like she really has the great idea for getting into the bank and getting the money into her purse, but then has never really bothered to think through the next step of, and then I got to walk outside. What will happen then? And then she's sort of hoist by her own ignorance. And that's, she's like the political equivalent of that. Because you remember when she walked out on stage at the at the convention and started speaking and suddenly we were all like oh wow she's a terminator and she really seemed to have her act together and mm -hmm. she was and in fact speaking of chris needed he sent me a text and it just said oh my god she's really good uh, except for that red streak down her cheek that's what i always remember her at the convention paint? yes i don't remember that did she have like was it like no, a really it's a really bad blush was it like a is blush the same thing as rouge yeah okay but it was it, like it, a red sideburn that somebody painted on the side of her face it was a little too prominent. I guess so. Um, oh man, can I just can I just tell you this? Yes. So last, what is today? Today is Wednesday. So it was last week. It would have been last Wednesday when I was in uh, Beaverton and I was taping uh, Outlook Portland. And so it's me and uh, Peter Carlin from the Oregonian happened to be the guest that day. And so I'm sitting there, and they do this thing first of all that happens with astonishing regularity on that show, because and I understand it's television and one has to look presentable in a certain way, but it's like nine times out of ten the makeup woman will come into the room. And she'll look at me, and she'll look at the guest, and she'll say, and she'll speak to the guest first, and she'll go, um, you're fine. Rick, if you want to sit in the chair and just, uh, I don't know, if you want to get a newspaper or something to read. Like, can I speak with you privately? <laughs> 
Look, is it um, genetic or is there was there an accident of some? I mean, I don't. I've got some putty we could fill fill some of this in with. I mean, whatever's going to work. And she just had me in the chair for what just seemed like like forty five minutes. Uh, and then it turned out that at the, as she was sort of getting ready to put the makeup on it, she hadn't uh, bothered to, to look at the bottom, and somebody had swapped around because all the makeup, you know, the makeup containers are all supposed to be in a certain place according to shade or whatever. And somebody had swapped them around or put something back in the wrong place, and she hadn't really checked the bottom to see what the coloring was. And so she's just busy sort of slathering it on. I look in the mirror, and I looked like a clown. I looked like a full-on mime. I mean, it was unbelievable. It, it, it amazingly made me even paler than I normally am, which is it really does take some doing. Uh, on that note, uh, we'll uh, do this. Uh, on the way, we have more news from Tim Riley. Also, this uh, Cheap Trick uh, single to get to. This is the new Cheap Trick song. It's from the uh, Transformers movie. So maybe you care about Cheap Trick. Maybe you care about Transformers. Possibly you care about both. But uh, we'll have that here in just a few. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Stay there. Broadcasting in standard definition. If you don't have a place where you can hold these people, you only have other options to kill them. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It is Wednesday morning. Uh, we've just added a geek watch to today's uh, docket. We'll get to that here in uh, in just a few. Oh, do we ever figure out... I made a note to myself about this yesterday. Let's see. Hold on. Where did I put this? Autoerotic... Ex- we were looking for somebody who was into autoerotic uh, asphyxiation, and we were never really able to, 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 to sort of dig anybody up. And I'm still so waiting to, to hear back from my um, uh, dominatrix friend. friend. Did you really... Can I tell... Uh, can I reveal what happened with that? Yeah. So Sarah has this dominatrix friend. This is the friend you went and you saw her uh, engaging in a day's work mm-hmm. uh, where she was making some guy uh, bark the like guy a dog. And, the wall. Yes. Uh, so when the, the David Carradine thing came out, because I just have, uh, like a lot of people, I have all of these questions about that. Is The whole thing is just very puzzling to me. And I don't, it's that sort of intersection of like perversity and science and the fact that I just don't like not knowing stuff. And so I said, well, who can we ask about autoerotic asphyxiation? Asphyxiation is the hardest word to say. I'm surprised there's not a club for it downtown. Well, I'm just saying it seems like one of those things that by definition, even if there's people who are into it, and clearly there are, and and I was reading a Wikipedia entry on it, and I guess there's uh, not a few women uh, who have perished from that activity over the years. But not like everybody wants to come on the radio and go like, hey, I'm into that. But uh, Sarah's dominatrix dominatrix friend does uh, that kind of stuff. But, but what does she call it? She, she calls call it, it that. breath play. What is that? Now, is breath play the same thing? Yeah, I know that she, like, cuts off their air in some way. Oh, that's so creepy. Yeah. I mean, whatever. I'm not passing I didn't, judgment. I didn't see I... her do it. Because uh, the, guy, the guy that I saw her, oh. you know, she was busy treating him like a dog, so there wasn't really anything. Well, I mean, there's only, only so many hours of the day. I'd like to be treated like my dog. <laughs> the, um, I was trying to think of what command that would sort of be like, have a great life. All right, now, be pampered. All right, now act entitled. That's uh, my dog as well. The uh, anyway, so I was trying to find somebody who could come on and talk about the autoerotic asphyxiation sort of thing. And your dominatrix friend, did we use her first name on the air? No, we didn't. Okay, so we'll call her 
Janice. And so Sarah's like, you know what? I'll call Janice the dominatrix and we'll see if she can come on and talk about the breath play autoerotic you know, asphyxiation uh, deal. And maybe she can answer some of the questions. I'm like, that's great. And so you go to your phone and you, you know, you look up you know, Jay for Janice and you hit call and then you realize it's not the dominatrix you've called. It's like a boss you worked for a couple of years ago that you haven't no, spoken. No, one that I haven't spoken to at all. And I, I didn't realize it until I was almost ready to leave a message. I'm like, wait a second. That's a different. Hey, can I ask you about oh, sex God. in the choking game? Hey, it's Sarah, by the way. Call me back. All right. Thanks so much. That no, would have been. I almost left a message. That would have been awesome. Maybe there are different prompts. Hit one to hear about the choking game. <laughs> Um, anyway. for the dominatrix. So, so I have written down here, I have uh, autoerotic asphyxiation. We must find out more. And then right above that, I, I have written down Mr. Holland's Opus. Did we ever figure out what the high school was where they filmed Mr. Holland's Opus? Well, I, know I think you, it's the one up on 60th and Division. By the Dairy Queen, by the DQ. Yeah, because I, I kind of... But see, Greg was saying that's not the case. I think he was disputing. Are we talking about the outside or the inside, first of all? And the outside. So the... Uh, of Dairy Queen? No, the... Yes, it takes Mr. <laughs> Mr. Holland's opus. It just it takes place at Dairy Queen. It's Around just, a sea of dilly bars. It, it's just one sad lament sung through a tiny little speaker. Um, it's just sort of a... And then everybody twirls. There so, should be a sequel. That, But that school does seem like a place where they would film a sort of Mr. Holland's opus type uh, movie because it seems a lot... It's really cool looking. Well, it seems a lot cooler than any place that ought to be in Southeast. Let's just say that, first of all. I mean, let's uh, let's let's not kill that I'm always jealous when high schools actually look like high schools because I went to one that looked like, a, you know, just a bunch of portables strung together. See, I don't know... <laughs> See, I don't, and I I graduated right before the portable era started. I had to go back to my old high school at one point. I think I had to drop something off my my brother or something. I'm not one of those guys that like I'm going to go back and hang out at the high school. Because if you do that, you ought to ask your friend to kill you. I mean, really, if you find yourself going back, I'm going to go back and chill out in the parking lot of the old school and just hang out and see what's. A, find somebody and ask them to shoot you in the back of the head several times. Uh, because there's just that is that is an indication that your life has gone so unbelievably irrevocably wrong if you find yourself hanging out at one of your old schools ever at all. So, but I had to go back, especially and, now. Well, that's I mean, there's, uh, there's nothing creepier than that, and especially because when you're going to school, everybody knows that creepy guy. There's always the guy who graduated about four years before you, and he's kind of hanging out there just to see what the haps are. But I had to go back to my old high school and drop something off my brother at one point, and they had just put in a bunch of those portable, like, trailer sort of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have no idea what an actual real high school looks at this uh, looks like at this point. I don't even know. But the one from Mr. Holland's Opus and that one on 60th and Division, which may be one of the same, see, that to me looks like what a movie high school mm-hmm. looks like. You know, they all look like Rushmore Academy or something. Uh, and so, Also Cleveland on uh, 26th and Powell. That one looks like a real high school too. That one looks like a real high school from the outside. Uh, from yeah, the outside, on the inside. I think on the inside it looks like that Lean on Me school, but like before, uh, like before what's his name? Before Joe Clark comes back and instills order, when there's just a whole lot of like, just a whole lot of like uh, uh, savage beatdowns taking place in the hallway. That's I'm to understand. That's what that school is like on yeah, the inside. I'm in that area a lot because I have a bunch of friends that live like right around there, and um, yeah, that's crazy. Like they're just. A- billion kids out there all the time sitting on those steps and wandering the streets, and they look like trouble. Let me just tell you this. Uh, and by the way, I'm looking at the text messages that are uh, coming in about this. You can text if you like. It's 52051. And I've gotten a couple of responses, and none of them agree with each other. So well done on that. Just one final note, and then we'll go to the uh, news desk, and then we'll do some uh, other stuff uh, straight ahead. We'll do the uh, It's the Worst Song Ever entry at the top of the hour. But when I drive home, let's say like for lunch or if I'm just going home at the end of the day, because, you know, we we get here pretty early. So I'm usually going home by like noon or one or something. 
and it's right about the time that there's you know that lunch is happening or the lunch is just getting over and kids are going back to school at Cleveland, which is at Twenty Sixth and Powell. And so you're right; that intersection is just clogged with mm. the youth, and I am always afraid that I'm just going to plow into some of them. Me too, because they're not paying attention and they're just like wandering around. It's because they're busy with hormones, Sarah. Yes. Uh, and so I'm just constantly afraid that some adult-minded kids are going to walk in front of the car and then I'm going to be that guy who's on the news, area man, and then it'll be me, uh, you know, in front of a mugshot thing, uh, you know, because they're going to be scraping some kid out of my grill. So I, I have actually started cutting uh, over a couple streets and going up a, a street other than Powell. Once I get to like the twenties, because I just uh, I just know it's a matter of time. Otherwise, it's going to be some uh, fat, you know, like tenth grader, like on my windshield. Here's Tim Riley at the news desk, ladies and gentlemen. In the news with Tim Riley. Well, let's see. Boy, this is kind of interesting. What do I do with it? A crazy. There's more about this crazy Beaverton woman. So let's start with that. The crazy Beaverton woman charged with killing the Craigslist woman and her baby may face additional charges. Will now. The father of one of her kids, who now lives in Billings, Montana. The father of one of the suspect's kids. Correct. is coming forward. Travis Tooley of Billings says their relationship was brief, describing Karina Roberts as childish, difficult to communicate with. He also said it was like she had a loose wire. So now Tooley's trying to get the child that he fathered with her out of Oregon and back to Billings where she'll have a better life. So he had a loose wire, but he opted to have children with her. Yeah. Well done. the way it works. Yeah. Well, good choice, friend. It was her good looks. What? <laughs> it was her feminine wiles. Well, it's like... It's like... I'll put it this way. It's like some other uh, recent cases where a nutcase mom allegedly uh, does something horrific or violent or all of the above uh, to one or more of the kids. And then the dad always appears on the news saying, well, it's it's awful and I'm going to take the remaining children, uh, you know, and, and I will raise them. And you want to ask yourself, like, like, Jack, what was your deal getting that woman pregnant in the first place? And don't tell me that you didn't know she was crazy. You always know she's crazy, which is probably why you were getting with her in the first place. I mean, you can always spot the crazy, like from the very beginning, at least, uh, you know, I mean, you could say, look, look, I, I thought she was less crazy. I thought she was kind of crazy, but not, you know, killy crazy. The baby will make her smarter. <laughs> That's always the way it works. And happier. There's nothing that equals more happiness like a larger family, Tim. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley for News Desk. Well, it's official. There was a tornado in Oregon Monday. It was in Peoria. Where is that? It is a town between Harrisburg and Corvallis. An investigation reveals circular carvings in the grass, stretching for a mile and a half. Circular carvings in... How do you carve into the grass? A tornado carves things in grass. Okay. That's what it says. By That's the way, I'm calls. just going to read these in the order they came in. This text message says, it's Grant High School. Next one, it's Franklin. Next one, that was Roosevelt. So that's a thing that can never be known, apparently. This is like that uh, business of the 16 crystal skulls or whatever. It, uh, it can never be understood. Here's Tim Riley. A dog playing fetch in Germany has found and delivered to its owner a hand grenade from World War II. Police in the western town of Erkschreck uh, said they were called to the dog's uh, 40-year-old owner's home who stopped walking her pooch when she recognized a rusty object was in its mouth. Police summoned an uh, ammunitions expert to identify and defuse the grenade. Grenades and bombs left over from World War II are often found. Uh, sometimes whole streets and neighborhoods are evacuated so the devices can be safely defused. What is wrong with German people? I mean, really. 
I mean, if this it really well, well, especially there. I mean, how can you like you dig and plant a garden without digging up somebody's skull? <laughs> I mean, seriously, <laughs> what joy is there in the simple things of life? <laughs> uh, Heinrich, put that femur down. All right. Let's do uh, one more here, and then we will uh, uh, we will uh, play some. Uh, here's the, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna do one more, and uh, uh, then we're gonna play some music that is not the worst song ever. Then we'll come back and we'll play today's uh, "It's the Worst Song You've Ever Heard" uh, submission, which I think uh, Greg is finally prepared for. So that's that is great because I didn't get a chance to pull it this morning, so I asked Greg to to set it aside. Have you did you get a chance to hear it? Yeah, that's real something. Yeah, it's wonderful. All right, here's Tim Riley. Well, Karina Oakley, uh, who lives near London, plays with doll and draws with chalk, as most girls would. Normal girls, anyway. She's uh, one of the smartest people in Britain, though. Yes, she has an IQ of 160, the same as physics professor Stephen Hawkins and Microsoft founder Bill Gates. She has a very good memory, said her mother. She seems to uh, be quite aware of her surroundings and what's going on around her. And she's only six years old. Is this like that? There was that story uh, yesterday of some 11-year-old that graduated from Harvard or whatever. You know, like one of those freakish kids, one of those Maryland Vassavant kids that comes out every... And speaking of which, how is it possible that Maryland Vassavant has an IQ that's 107 points higher than that of Stephen Hawking? That is somebody... One of those numbers is wrong. If Stephen Hawking is 160 and she's 267, somebody either didn't carry the one or carried like too many ones. For for one of those tests, they can't. Those numbers both can't be accurate. Do you know what your IQ is? No, uh, no. Do you? Yes, I'm not gonna say it. What? Oh, come on! You can't. You can't. You say can't. That. Well, I was hoping that. that somebody else would know. Sarah? So no, I, I don't know. I, Greg, IQ? How did you? Well, you went. To, I'm sorry. When at your at your schmancy preparatory academy, they give you the test in there to find out your smartifying levels. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, Okay, let me ask you this. If I get it in one, will you tell me if I'm right? If you're close? Yes. No, no, no. If I, if I get within three points, mm-hmm. all right. I, I, we don't have time to do it now, but we'll do it here in a few. I'll, yeah. I'll guess your IQ. Or maybe we could, have the, uh, we could have the audience guess. Sarah could guess. We could add our guesses together and come up with an average, maybe. Okay. Well, now I'm embarrassed I'm doing this because nobody else knows theirs. If we only get one shot at it, though, it's really got to count. Well, count. I have no way. I don't even know how, how you figure it out. I don't even know the scale to which you judge an IQ. Like, where do I? I Is mean, like, well, we'll have to do more research on it. All right. Well, we'll, we'll look into it. No, 300 would be like two Stephen Hawkins. <laughs> this one just says, hey, it was Battleground High School. My ex-wife's nephew was a trumpet player in Mr. Holland's Opus. See, everybody claims it's them. All right. Quit guessing. I'm ordering It's just like know. every city claims that. They had the Daily Planet building in Superman. And every city claims they were the basis for Ron Burgundy. Every city, everywhere. All right, back after this, ladies and gentlemen, this is Candlebox. It's the Rick Emerson Show in Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland. forget, coming up later on today, we'll give away a copy of The uh, Shield Season 7 on DVD. Also, uh, right here, the uh, new single from Cheap Trick, which you care about because it's Cheap Trick, also because it's from uh, Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen. When you can tell... Here's a thing from a different era. Single edit, album version, rock mix, and they're all on a CD. It's weird to think that... uh, It's weird to think that at one point... I mean, you had to just sort of sit there by the mailbox every day waiting for the record company to send you whatever the new song was going to be. 
Uh, and I mean, and you were just sort of at the mercy of some guy schlepping it around in a tote bag. So, um, so I downloaded that yesterday, but I haven't actually listened to it yet. And then actually, the CD arrived yesterday afternoon. So we'll uh, we'll get to that here in a few. Uh, what else is coming up? We'll talk to uh, CNN radio correspondent Jim Roop here in just a few. He'll talk to us about the Screen Actors Guild, uh, who I guess, according to you, said they uh, voted to ratify the contract. Yes, excellent. Okay, so we've already got guesses coming in about your IQ, incidentally. And I'm the, these are not official guesses. So now these... I feel bad about this whole thing because I'm the only one that knows it. Well, why would you feel bad? Well, because I want other, other people to participate. No, that's, well, that's okay. I, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather not know. I'd rather... I, uh... No. Because I mean, this is going to be like that episode of Family Ties where it's, it turns out that Alex uh, had a lower IQ than what's-her-name, Mallory. Uh, and, and, <laughs> you know, and she was clearly just a, I mean... I mean, and she had the brains of a box of hair. And so then you spent the rest of the episode just being all neurotic about it. And so I know that what would happen is we would all take the IQ test, and I would have an IQ of like 80. And it would turn out that it was just through some freakish wiring in my brain that I was able to do this job. But then I would suddenly be unable to do this job. And I would open my mouth and I'd go, Ugh! and it would just be that for the rest of the day. And I'd never, and then you'd have to, I'd have to go home and I would never be able to speak again. It would be a self esteem crush. I remember when I took my SATs, I did very poorly on them. And it was, uh, I can't remember my score, but I know that I did uh, like a lot poorer than I thought I would. See, and I never took the SATs, so I don't, I and didn't I even have that. I knew people that I thought were idiots who, who scored like 200 points more than I did. Right. Well, because it's uh, no, some people don't test very well. That's the thing. Yeah, I I, I, I mean just uh, just the word test makes people my, me too. Well, and also because it's half. What is it? It's half math, half English, or language, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Half verbal. What is it? Half math, half. half... Yeah, half English, half math. All right. Is or it half, actually half... is it English or is it is it language? In other words, if you were to take the SAT, is it in your native language or is it in English? I mean, for you it was in English, but if you were like a Spanish uh, speaking student, I would imagine it have to be in English. But yeah, I, I think don't know. It's in English. I mean, there's no national language here, and there are schools that teach um, ESL classes, which means that there are kids mm-hmm. who go to school and their primary language is whatever, you know, is something other than English. Mm-hmm. So, do, I mean, I wonder if they, I guess it doesn't Maybe really. Is, is it like literature? No, it isn't literature. I don't see. I never, I wouldn't, here's the thing. I wouldn't know an SAT test if it bled to death on my front lawn. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what it even looks like. Because I just, because I, I just. it was just hard. I just knew I wasn't going to college, and so there was just no reason to. So I didn't take that, and I didn't take the whatever. There's that thing that preps you for the SAT, whatever that the test PSAT. is. The PSAT. The PSAT. Yeah, I, I didn't take that either, so I, I just don't. I have no idea what it even looks like. Um, but also, like, what if you find your IQ was, like, 200, you know, and then you realize, like, this is what you did for a living. I have got an IQ of 942. I could be building rockets in the backyard, and here I am. It does seem like a lose-lose situation. It does. There's no good that comes. But I'm already getting uh, uh, guesses on Tim's IQ. So, Tim, this is not an official guess, uh, but we've got this. Oh, damn it. Now my... I'm surprised that people are participating this early. Hold on. My text messages just uh, crashed on me. Hold on. How can people text message us, by the way? Why, Tim, they just need to send a message to 52051, and Hold we can on. read it right here. Yeah, Mr. Smarty uh, Brain Man. All right, so another person thinks it's Grant High School on 36th. Yeah, 36th until... Seriously. There isn't even a high school there. Stop with the guesses. <laughs> We've d- d- Quit emailing us or texting us about where you think Mr. Holland's Opus is. Just stop it. Um, Mr. Holland's Opus was filmed at some school somewhere. Let's leave it at that. So this guess, which is not official, this just says, uh, Tim's IQ is within three points of 132. All right. Well, within we're just three points. I don't don't. I'm just we got to figure out what our official guess is. Don't say to don't try to yeah, don't try to influence the the guessing right now. Uh, so the deal is if we can guess your IQ within three points, you'll admit it. And then uh, and then I'll feel dense. All right. So uh, here's why we don't want to find out that we have IQs of like 900, because this is what we do with our day. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for another installment of It's the Worst Song You've Ever Yay. Heard. Um, it's been so long. Greg uh, Nibbler, can you join us here in the studio for a moment? We'll have uh, 
by the way, I've shown it. This really doesn't affect anybody, but but us, uh, except you know, tangentially. I have asked engineering to look into turning on Greg's microphone so we can actually have him speak without having him. Because he has to he has to walk like a hundred yards out of his way to come into the I studio. Run all the way around. Point. There's no like short distance. No, and the weird thing is, he's literally he's like five feet away from us. Uh, I mean, he's like Tim could turn around and and probably touch him if that window was there. He's so close, but there's no actual like he can't get here directly from there. He has to walk all the way down the hallway. All right, so you loaded in this worst song ever because I had seen it online, but I didn't have time to pull the audio. Your initial thoughts on it? It is awesome. Yeah. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah? Oh yeah. One of the worst things I have ever heard. It's incredible. And here's cool. the th- and it has all the great criteria in that it's not meant to be bad. Like we will like a song that's meant to be goofy or funny or silly. Like there's that that's meaningless to me. That has there's no point in playing that. So this is very sincere and you know it's sincere because it's done for God. Uh, so this is someone's home video uh taken at a church where a guy he uh he seems a lot like Orlando Jones in office space where and now I'm making a living selling magazines. I used to sell crack, but now I do not. Yeah, he does kind of have the crazy eyes, too. He yeah. does have that sort of like, I used to be addicted to crack. And he gets up, and now he's addicted to God. And so he sings. Oh. This is, uh, I may just skip to the end, depending on, on how much of this we can take, because there's a big finish. Uh, so let's see. Worst song ever. So, ladies and gentlemen, I give you, and he doesn't give his name, regrettably. So we have, uh, we have, no, one, we have no one to thank. Let's see. This is in the RAS folder under Worst Songs. Uh, yes. All right. Uh, I want to be able to play this in the... Let's see. Here we go. All right. So uh, I give you this guy somewhere at some church singing Amazing Grace, ladies and gentlemen. Praise the Lord. Jesus, in the name of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'm going to sing Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace. Oh, the sound. Amazing Grace. I want people to sing with me, too. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. He sounds like a Honer harmonica. Just sort of a, uh, Everybody's saying. How, how can you live in this world and not know at least some of the lyrics to Amazing Grace? <laughs> Seriously. He's really selling it, though. Like, even the guy in the organ seems like he doesn't quite know what he's doing at this point. He's thrown everyone in the church off. And there's like the reverend or whoever stepping in trying to get... <laughs> trying to grab the controls. Hand on the tiller. Trying to lead him back to the path. And the amazing thing is, if you listen, at the beginning of the song, everybody in the congregation is singing along, but now they're all so completely confused. It's like he has used Jedi mind power to, to wipe the, the lyrics from everybody's head. Oh, <laughs> 
it's like a couple of people back there are trying to sympathy sing along with him too. It's too much. Moan along with him. Come on. He's really selling those couple lines he does know. He's feeling it. And he's the big finisher. You can sense the relief coming that they, oh God, we're near the end. <laughs> the finish line is within sight. <laughs> Wait for it. trying to start people's days off uh, on the right foot. It is the Rick Emerson Show. I feel like the Lord is in the house. <laughs> Straight ahead, CNN Radio correspondent James Roop will join us to talk about the uh, Screen Actors Guild ratifying their uh, ratifying their career. And we'll play this new cheap trick to wash the... Look, I don't even know how if the cheap trick song is any good, but we've set the bar now sufficiently low that it'll sound like the best thing you've ever heard. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. This, ladies and gentlemen, is Weezer. It's Rock 101 KUFO, the Rick Emerson Show. Broadcasting everywhere, at all times, to everyone, in accordance with prophecy. Oh my God, I thought you were going to say nipples. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. Well, all right then. That's the... Now every time I open my mouth, I'm afraid that I'm going to start sounding like the amazing Grace guy. It's uh, the best part. Is you noted this at the very beginning? He gets up behind the podium at the church, and he talked about, "I'm going to sing Amazing Grace." That's Amazing Grace. <laughs> and after having warmed the crowd up and telling them what he's going to sing, he then <laughs> taps the microphone repeatedly <laughs> to see if it's on before he begins the actual belting out of the tune. Awesome. Uh, we'll play that again here in just a few. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from Los Angeles. CNN Radio correspondent to the stars, James Roop. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? I am fantastic. I'll send you a, uh, I'll send you a uh, video later. And hey, did you ever get those um, those uh, swine flu PSAs from the 70s? Yes, I okay. even used them. I, you know, use them, don't. I just want to make sure that, that you actually got them. I couldn't. It was one of those things. I couldn't remember if I'd actually done it or if I just sort of hallucinated. Well, I didn't doing get it. them from you, but I did find them. All right. Oh, okay. So I have to check my email because I did send them to you. So if they didn't arrive, I'll have to look into that. Alrighty. I. Uh, I might send you this thing we just played. Uh, I have a home video uh, that somebody sent me. It is a home video of, I mean, it was within the last few years, I would imagine, but it's a home video of a church service where a guy who should never, ever, 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 under any circumstances be allowed near a microphone sings a three-and-a-half-minute, I mean, it's just, but it seems like about four hours, just the worst version of Amazing Grace you've ever heard in your life. <laughs> But, I mean, when I say, do you remember that Connie Chung video? Where yeah. she, she was all, thank you. I mean, it's like it just outstrips that in the awful category by a factor of, like, 50. Wow. So, uh, yeah, it's awesome. I'll send it to you later. Um, well, before we do anything else, let's talk about uh, SAG. So, 
I reflexively this morning, I just teased this story as SAG, uh, you know, and everybody SAG and the studios getting together to, to ruin another season of entertainment. But it doesn't look like that's the case. They actually got together and they, they fixed some stuff or they ratified something, right? Well, yeah, it, they, they struck a deal. And the deal is pretty much what the other unions have gotten. There, I mean, there's a few pay raises, little tiny three percent here and there. Uh, there's uh, some ins- stuff, uh, more contributions to health and pension, uh, and there's some new media provisions in there too. But uh, the hardliners, Alan Rosenberg and the rest of the hardliners, they still don't like the deal, and they want um, they want to start pre-negotiation summit meetings with with elected leaders of other unions in preparation for this contract, which is going to end in about two years. So they settled this thing, but it's still unsettled. And all this bickering and fighting is going to begin again in a couple of months. Excellent. I like the idea that the ink's not even dry and they're already just digging in for the next uh, SAG trench war. And God almighty. Um, it's crazy. Hey, so uh, there's that and then uh, Tim Riley handed me this. This is from the uh, CBS Radio Portland News Desk. Says, uh, parts of Southern California, the housing crash has upended a basic tenet of the American dream uh, that home values increase over the long term. It says, properties in several areas are selling for less than they did 20 years ago, and that is not even counting inflation. Yeah, but it's still too much. Well, of course, well, of course uh, it's America. Everything is too much. That, that's true, but that's just in some areas, too. That's not, you know, in Beverly Hills, you're still paying. Uh, the prices haven't come down that much in places like Beverly Hills or Malibu. It's come down in places like Lomita or um, North Torrance, you know, places where the property values escalated exponentially for no real reason whatsoever except for people were trying to get in on that housing boom that was going on. So it, it, it corrected itself in some of those areas where you don't normally want to buy anyway, but if you're going to buy a starter home or a fixer-upper or uh, someplace you can rent and some people are going to destroy it for you anyway... Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's, you know, that's the that, Tim Riley method of home ownership. Who can I find that will uh, completely decimate this property? <laughs> the, yeah, I'm going to buy nothing but property in Van Nuys from now on. That's you know, uh, that's it. Pacoima. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's exactly it. Yeah. That's I used a, to live in Panorama City. I was uh, the only white person there. I was just there. trying to say Panorama City, but I'm afraid that's right here in Gunfire. Yeah, I, I, I did too. <laughs> I used to live on Cedrus Avenue. Oh, my gosh. Right around the corner from the grocery warehouse. How many times do you have to replace your windows? You know, I used to used to have to hide under the bed on New Year's Eve because you could hear the bullet shells <laughs> crashing on the roof. <laughs> I know that. Gunfire whizzing through the top of your that house. Is, hey, he's not kidding you. <laughs> It's even worse now, Timmy. Oh, good. I miss it. Well, there you go. I'll have to move back. Oh, you should pay a visit, Tim. Sort of a uh, this is your life kind well, of thing. You can buy another home there. They've come down. <laughs> I'm sure they have. Sort of a, you know, Tim Riley, do you remember this sound? <laughs> your choice of white or yellow stucco. <laughs> There's only one way I can finish this. And for people who are preemptively texting me and asking me not to do it, I won't play the whole song. So just uh, let's all buckle in. and we'll do, we'll do like 20 seconds of this. So I'll just play you a little bit of this, Jim, and later on I'll send you the link. Um, so this is a home video of a guy in a church singing what he calls Amazing Grace. And uh, I'll give you um, just the beginning, and then I'll skip to the big finish. So uh, let's see. Without further ado, here we go. This is... Um... Praise the Lord. Jesus, in the name of the Lord. All right. So Amen. here he goes right to the... Uh... Amazing Grace. Are you able to hear this audio, by the way? Amazing Whoa. Are you able to hear that, Jim? Yes. All right. Yes, I can. I want people to sing with me, too. <laughs> Amazing grace, Now, he loses the thread almost immediately. The 
It's sort of like the national anthem of the God world because everybody gets right into it and then you they realize skip to the end so they can hear the best part. They don't know any of the lyrics to it. All right, so I'll just give you the uh, I'll give you the big uh, the big conclusion here. Let's see. So I'll back this up around. Oh, I don't know about this far. Okay, here we go. And this is just when it's wrapping up and everybody thinks, oh, thank the Lord Almighty, it's finished. Ends though on the real like mellow tip at the very Thank end. Thank you, Portland. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm out. <laughs> Jim Roop, enjoy the rest of your day, sir. Thank you. Excellent. There you go. That's Jim Roop from CNN Radio, Los Angeles. Awesome. All right, Tim Riley. Uh oh, we're going to talk about David Carradine's sex toys. It's breaking news. Excellent. Amen. 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 Thank you. Back after this, it's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101, KUFO. Now broadcasting everywhere. I'm a feminist, but look at my boobs. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101, KUFO. Well, okay, it is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101, KUFO. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, Coming up here in just a uh, short while, we'll... uh, Play some of this uh, this Transformers theme, which I guess I don't know, and I'm unclear about whether it's the actual, you know, Transformers more than meets the eye, uh, whether it's that or whether it's, it's some original song that Cheap Trick has done. And the idea that it's Cheap Trick is sort of strange. Anyway, well, uh, so I got that uh, the uh, brand new single from the Transformers soundtrack, which is uh, Cheap Trick. We'll uh, do that. Peter Carlin from the Oregonian will join us. Mystery guest uh, coming up at, at seven twenty. I got to get to these uh, these uh, Matt Lauer cuts. Big concert announcement coming up at eight o'clock. And uh, so forth. All right. It just, so we've got uh, additional guesses uh, coming in about Tim's IQ. This email says, I'm going to predict. Now, so let me understand this. The deal is, if we can guess within three points. Yes. And for purposes of explanation, let's say theoretically, I'm just I'm just picking a number here. If your, the, if your IQ was 135, let's say, if we guessed anywhere from 132 to 138, in other words, three points on either side of the correct number. Mm-hmm. You would uh, you, you would tell us that we were correct. Yes. Okay. Uh, this says I'm going to predict Tim's IQ is 154. Oh, but no. I mean, that's a tell. Well done, sorry. Tim. Uh, by the way, the average IQ is usually balanced just around 100, give or take a few points. 120 to 130, very intelligent and near genius. Anything over 140 is considered genius. Uh, he says, uh, also a six-year-old, this is why I love our audience, a six-year-old with a high IQ is not that impressive because your IQ tends uh, tends not to change. The tests are designed to scale with the age of the person, blah, 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 blah. And then he says, here's some people, uh, celebrities. Okay, Sarah, where would you think that James Woods falls on the IQ scale? Actor and, uh, actor and sexist bastard uh, James Woods, who's just awesome. He's so he's, he's amazing. He's so, I loved him on Entourage. Have you ever read uh, like the compendium of James Woods' quotes about dating? Mm-mm. It's fantastic. I mean, he's one of those guys, he's like Gene Simmons, where he's just so repellently vile and sexist that you kind of go like, well, well done. He actually, somebody said at one point that um, 
this is when he had just turned, I don't know, 45 or 50. And he always is like dating these 19 year olds. And somebody said, so James Woods, you're always dating 19 year olds. He goes, eh, they're the easiest to train. And then, <laughs> like, it was so, even like without even hesitating. Um, Good for him. So, yeah, uh, James Woods has an IQ of 180. Wow. Andy, Andy Warhol, 86. Now, that's not 186, by the way. That's 86. Classified scientifically as dull. Uh, 140, uh, Gina Davis, Madonna, and Shakira. And IQs of 160, Stephen Hawking, Albert Einstein, Bill Gates, and Quentin Tarantino. Wait, James Woods has a higher IQ than Stephen Hawking? Yes. And Bill Gates? Apparently so. Okay. hundred Over 140 is uh, is genius and near genius. Very superior is 120 to 140. 110 to 120 superior. 90 to 110 is normal. 80 to, this is where it gets funny, though. See, this is the, the amusing strata. 80 to 89, dullness. 70 to 79, borderline deficiency. And finally, under 70, feeble-mindedness. Right, that's just oh, a... Oh, God. I don't want to take... Yeah, I don't want what to What if you're this. feeble-minded? What if I am feeble What if you're just borderline deficient and not actually retarded? <laughs> I think that would be Makes the funniest thing. I think if it turned what out if, that you if were... if it turned out that I was retarded? If you were clinically brainless, I would. I think that would actually... That would just be sad. But I think if it was... If, like, if you were just... just be sad. If you were just smart enough to be functional... But not actually to be. Uh, You're really rooting me, for, rooting for me to be mentally retarded with my IQ. I, no, 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 no. Just above that. No, no, no. Don't let's not. Don't don't reframe the argument. I, this, that's revisionism. I'm saying just above feeble-mindedness, but not quite dull. A borderline deficiency is what I'm rooting for. At the news desk, ladies and gentlemen, it's Tim Riley. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is 643. Expect some drizzle earlier this morning. Cloudy skies the rest of the day. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of hearing about all this baby killing. I want to hear about people who love babies. Well, it's refreshing that somebody is embracing motherhood. The pregnant man has given birth to his second child. ABC News reports Thomas Beatty of Bend brought the little bundle of joy into the world yesterday. The baby doesn't have a name yet. Beatty's wife will do the breastfeeding. I think it was Ricky Gervais, by the way, that was talking about the so-called woman who had a baby. And he really boiled it. The British always have this way of, of just reducing everything to, you know, to sort of a comedic, uh, you know, or observational singularity. Eddie Izzard does that really well. Uh, and, um, you know, so did, uh, uh, um, well, and George Carlin, he's sort of an honorary Brit in some ways. But Ricky Gervais, they were asking him about the, about the woman who had a baby. And he said, that's not a woman who has a baby. That's, what did he say? He said, it's not a man who has a baby. It's a woman that has a beard. Which is really true when you think of it. It's less impressive, actually, if you put it in those terms, which are sort of accurate. You say, well, it's a woman who had a beard stitched onto her face. That, I think, makes it less interesting, which is why the media chooses to focus on the, uh, you know, guy who had a baby angle. Well, he loves that baby. Uh, Washington State woman lost her attempt to have her horn honking declared free speech. 52-year-old Helen Imatt was arrested in 2006 for horn harassment after hiking in the middle of the night to disturb the neighbors. It was an act of civil disobedience and retaliation for homeowners associations objecting to her raising chickens. The court rules that horn honking, which is done to annoy and harass others, is not free speech. Would your homeowners association approve of the raising of chickens, Tim? No. <laughs> not even, not even, you didn't even ponder that. You didn't even have to, uh, you didn't even have to retire to sort of, uh, to ruminate on that question. Uh, PETA wants the fish throwers at Seattle Marketplace to stop it. They claim it's cruel to the fish. Oh, Can we all agree just to not pay attention to PETA? Well, fish throwing is the main tourist attraction to Seattle. Tourists come from all over the world to see it. 
Uh, it's unknown if the fish enjoy it or not. They've ever been quizzed about it. I mean, you sort of have to admire uh, PETA in, in, in a way because uh, PETA are sort of the Ann Coulter of the liberal world. Uh, you know, they're just not really representative of anybody except for this tiny, like, unbelievably unhinged uh, slice of the population. I was thinking about Ann Coulter the other day. Why? Well, one day she wasn't there. The next day she was everywhere. Where did she come from? How did she get there? Who who paid the bill for all this? Who are you? Where do you come from? I was actually thinking about uh, Ann Coulter the other day as well because, you know, there's that business where she got caught. That's weird. What day was this? Yesterday. Oh, see, mine was a couple days ago. Maybe only one person. You're ahead of me. Well, you're smarter than me. Maybe. Maybe not, Tim. Uh, I might actually just be full-on enfeebled. I might actually just be completely and totally mentally incapable. You don't know that for a fact. I was thinking about, well, two things. One, I was thinking about PETA because I was uh, downtown yesterday. and I drove, Isn't that Schumacher first place gone? You know that place downtown by Pioneer Courthouse Square? That the, the, I know C's Candy's gone. I don't think C's Candy's and Schumacher Furs sell the same thing. <laughs> one of them is chocolate. So the other one's like bloody pelts of some kind. Not bloody, but you know what I mean. It's like animal Oh, pelts. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, they were supposed to move. Then they weren't. Then they just closed. But they did, but they're gone. And I don't, But I don't think so. There's some people who haven't gotten the memo because I was driving uh, downtown. I was going to the, the whatever, the, the mall thing down there, Pioneer Courthouse Square. And... There's a bunch of those uh, idiots out front that are holding the signs that say, like, nothing says I love you like something dead. It's, you know, the, the anti-fur signs or whatever, mm-hmm. which I don't want to start a big fur argument. But here's the thing I don't get about that. The thing I don't get about the anti-fur thing, I mean, wear it, don't wear it. But it just seems strange that we've latched onto fur as this thing you're not supposed to do. And yet, like, nobody has any, I mean, certain people have a problem with this. But I guess my point is, I know people who are who think that fur wearing fur is cruel or it's an awful idea, and yet they wear leather. And it seems like if you're going to be opposed to fur, you got to be opposed to leather. Yes. If you wear or use or own anything uh, that is made out of leather, you can't be opposed to fur because mm-hmm. that's just silly. Because fur is just it, fur is just hairy leather. That's all it is. <laughs> I mean, right? It's just skin with the hair removed. Right. It, it's skin that that still has the hair on it. That's it, man. You take the you know you take the fur off something. You know what you got? Leather. Right. So you know, shut your head. Yeah. Jesus. Maybe they were protesting downtown because the BBC was broadcasting from there. Yesterday. I think they're just used to protesting, and they and you know they don't know what to do with themselves if they're not. Anyway, but I was thinking about Ann Coulter and where she came from. Here's a couple things. Nobody, All of a sudden, she was everywhere. Nobody points out that she got caught shaving her age a couple years ago. That's a thing that people don't really mention. Everybody goes because right. Everybody to the, does that. Yeah, but I mean, nobody goes to the transvestite. You know, everybody goes to the transvestite joke with her because she looks all mannish. She's a huge Adam's apple. Yeah. But Ann Coulter's whole thing is that, you know, liberals or whoever, that they're disingenuous and they're liars. And so it seems to me that if Ann Coulter's whole deal is going to be building herself on the fact that her opponents lie, I don't know why people don't zero right in on the, uh, you know, on the, hey, you were shaving your age, sister. And my other thing is, does Ann Coulter date? I mean, do people have relations with Ann Coulter? I would imagine somebody loves her. Bill Maher always jokes about it in a way that makes me think it's not just a joke, incidentally. Uh, when he was in town, he was at the Schnitzer taping. Uh, it was actually for that um, I'm Canadian special that was on HBO a couple years ago. He was at the Schnitzer. And I can't repeat the joke on the air, uh, but it was actually really, really good. And I don't find him funny all that often. But he said, well, I was talking to my good friend Ann Coulter. And, of course, the Portland audience boos. And he says, oh, I know, I know, I know what you're thinking. Uh, but she sounds a lot different when she's blanking. And then he referred to her uh, achieving a state of, uh, of of physical satisfaction, which is and he delivered in such a way that it was really, really great. But he also delivered it with just like this knowing wink that you kind of put even money on the fact that he might have boinked her at some point. 
But I don't know the answer to that, Tim. I don't know where she came from. I think she hatched out of some sort of a... All of a sudden, she was just there. Sort of a gelatinous pod type uh, thing. All right, here's Tim Riley. Well, let's talk about uh, David Carradine's sex toy shopping list, shall we? Oh, I completely forgot that we were going to do that. How could I have forgotten? You well, can't forget that. He went to a Los Angeles sex shop he frequented just three weeks before he died and placed a large order for clothing, toys, and videos. This is Susie's Delights in Tarzana, which is on Ventura Boulevard, a fashionable street. So this isn't any sleaze joint by any means. No. It's a fancy street. Uh, this is Susie's Delight on Ventura Boulevard in Tarzana. Carradine was a regular in the store, shopping there a few times a month for years. So he never ran out of things to buy. So how do they, how do they know this? Is the store kind of copping to this? Yes. The owner says Carradine owed, owned just about every piece of bondage equipment in the store. The order Carradine placed three weeks ago includes women's lingerie, stockings, a few pieces of bondage equipment, and three bondage DVDs. I wonder if uh, they can tell what the size of the lingerie was, like if he was buying it for someone else or if it was man-sized. Maybe. I. Oh. I guess it... it here's... Well, that would be a great claim to fame. Look, I I know that this sounds weird coming from me, but is it, this is sort of... I don't know. Does it kind of strike you as a little... Um... Does it strike you as a little tacky that they're revealing that? That the well, store. It's Hollywood. Everyone's trying to cash in. But I mean, wouldn't you think it's. Of course it's, it's tacky. It's Hollywood. But wouldn't. <laughs> I guess. I guess I should go without saying. But doesn't it seem to you. Isn't it understood that when you go to the, the, the sex store and you're buying like a huge zippery slave mask or something, that that's just. That that stays between you and the store owner. I would think that that's a thing you don't. I would agree. It's like an escort. I well, view well, that like a hooker. You're not signing any kind of contract saying that they cannot well, reveal this information. Well, no, I'm it's just not talking, like a Rob Lowe's maid. I'm just talking about human decency, Tim. I'm just saying. It just, I don't it, think it exists down there. But I mean, but it's like when you go to like a a call girl as opposed to a hooker. Like you don't think Divine Brown's going to keep your secret. No. But if you go to some high end. Uh, you know, like Mayflower, Madam type call girl. Don't you think? I mean, don't you figure that they're gonna? You know, that part of the deal that you're paying for is for their discretion. Yes. And I would think it would be the same at because again, it's not like he's going to some low rent nickel and dime uh, porn shack or something. I mean, he's going to a high end place. Uh, you know, what is it? Susie's Delights. Susie's Delights. So you figure that is uh, it's understood that they're not going to reveal that you're buying like a huge writing cane crop thing or whatever it is. I. And and the idea that he's buying three bondage DVDs. I mean, how many bondage DVDs do you need? What else is there to well, learn? He, he was doing some traveling. I mean, how many can you rent if you're in, uh, where was he, Bangkok? That's a good point. Well, that's true. I guess you got to, uh, I guess it's like packing bottled water. Yeah, seriously. It's you know, like bringing a magazine for the flight. I mean, maybe he looked it up on the internet and didn't find a Bangkok sex slave store. So Does he decided it? to stock up before he left. Well, that's, that seems unlikely, by the way, that you're going to Bangkok. And I don't know, I just might not I might not be able to find any hookers in Thailand. It uh, it might just, the well might have run dry there. Does it say what the new bondage, see, now I've, I've completely Which made, ones they are? Now I've completely made peace with the fact that the no, store is... We'll revealing all of this. Today. Does it say what the, what bondage equipment he bought? Though it says just bought... a moment ago, you were outraged over this. No, I've I've moved on. <laughs> okay, Tim, life is for the living, and you got to live in the now. Okay, as the Buddha would say, Tim, be here now. That's so that he bought every single piece of bondage equipment. Yes. But I'm, but okay, yes, at least once. And so here's my question about that, Sarah Dillon. Uh, now. Not that you're into bondage, but you you uh, but you at least have seen your dominatrix friend do it, so maybe maybe you can to some degree. I walked into a room where degree. she had a guy shackled to the wall. So maybe I don't know if you can weigh in on this to any appreciable degree, but my question is, like, what? It seems like there's only so many so many bondage devices in existence, right? Wouldn't he have them all at this point? I mean, unless it's like a new thing, which it might have been. It might have been well, a recent be, interest. It's so like handcuffs. And well, maybe shackles. they're more refined. But, I mean, don't you get to a certain point where, like... They could be, like, uh, you know, voice-activated where they weren't a couple of years ago. 
Voice activate. Release. Release. Damn it. Well, there are different kinds. What in the battery? Like the guy who, um, who when I went to visit my dominatrix friend, uh, he was the one dressed as a dog, and he had these things on his hands where they were buckled around his hands so that he couldn't move them, and they looked like paws. So I mean, I think there, there are different ways that you can restrain different parts of your body. See, I get that. Here's my question. So I, in, in some sense, you can understand a guy buying infinite numbers of porn films because the whole theory about, you know, because it's like that Ron Jeremy always says, like, if you're a guy, you can't get into porn because the whole business is it's all about the new uh, female face. You know, they always it's always like the new girl. So I can get guys buying like porn films on a regular basis because, you know, whatever. There's always some like chick you haven't seen before that whatever. My thing with with uh, bondage stuff, though, is it's like going to a home improvement store. Like, how many hammers can you possibly use? I, at a certain point, if you're talking about tools as opposed to porn films where it's about the people in the movie, you would think that you have everything you need there. You've you've got the you know the the tool chest maybe is fully stocked. Maybe he was shopping stocked. early for the holidays. Maybe he was buying for maybe he was shopping for a friend. Yes. Can you take that stuff on an airplane? If you buy I a bunch of like can. bondage stuff, sure. you'd have to check it though, right? You no, couldn't carry you, that on. I mean, but you've we've all heard stories or like read things about like somebody's indiscretion being. Like, picked apart. Well, that's like a vibrator. Like, you yeah. could take a vibrator on a plane, but you couldn't take, like, bondage stuff. I, they would almost certainly not let you take bondage stuff Oh, probably stuff on a plane. not, actually, with, like, handcuffs and all that Cause stuff. Because they would view it as a weapon or yeah. as a potential uh, whatever. So you would have to check that, I would, I imagine. All right. Uh, well, uh, well there... maybe that, then maybe he bought the things there. Maybe these were Chinese devices that turned out to be faulty. <laughs> Always buy American, David Carradine. Uh, all right. Is there more to that story, or is that the end of that particular? Uh, I'm looking here. Oh, the owner said when uh, Carradine placed the order, he talked to her for almost an hour, saying he was upset because he felt his wife was unhappy with him. Well, there's really nowhere I can take that. Uh, it is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101. It never ends. Okay, UFO. Uh, just a few minutes from now, top of the hour, 7 o'clock, uh, we will uh, play this cheap trick song from the Transformers movie. Oh, and we'll get uh, guesses about Tim's IQ. So when we come back, Cheap Trick and Tim's IQ. This is Allison Chains. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland. All right, then. It is the Rick Emerson Show live from Portland, Oregon. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us this morning. It is Wednesday. It's 503 2284 101. 503-228-4101. All right, so in just a uh, minute or two, we'll play uh, the new Cheap Trick single, or part of it anyway, because it's, uh, I think it's just called Transformers. And it's, uh, so it's from uh, Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. So I got a bunch of people who sent me links to it yesterday because sort of like a bootleg version of it showed up on uh, YouTube. And so I recorded it from YouTube, but I actually wasn't even in the room when I did it. I sort of set record, and I had to walk out to do some other stuff, and I came back. And so I had it, but I then completely forgot to listen to it. And then yesterday, the actual CD of it showed up. So we've got so the new... So it's not the bootleg version. No, no, no. It's a, I guess the bootleg has been around for, for a day, maybe a couple of days, and it got taken down, and then the band themselves put it back up. So I was all excited about it, downloaded it, and then, it, as everybody does in this information-overloaded age of ours, Tim, I uh, just completely forgot that I had it. Um, this was about, I don't know, half an hour later, Paddock appears in my office, and he's like, look at this. It's Cheap Trick. It's Transformers. So we have not uh, heard that yet. So I haven't heard it at least. So we'll play that here in just a moment. Tim Riley's working on the following stories for your edification on this Wednesday morning. Well, it looks like Oregon will raise taxes on the rich. Megan Fox is struggling with her star status. She admits she's sexy but needs to be taken seriously. And Miley Cyrus's romance is over. Her life is destroyed. 
Excellent. Hey, hold on, let me check that off my to-do list. Is right? it with that, with that Gaston guy or whatever his name yeah. is? Yeah. I don't like the sound of him. Gaston? Is that really his Gaston. name? Gaston, yeah. I think he's a model. Doesn't Gaston mean, isn't that like waiter or something? Gaston just reminds me of Beauty and the Beast. All right. Uh, so we've got this. Uh, this is, I am guessing, Tim's IQ to be 142. I don't know if that's the same guess we had before. I think the last no, guess no, the was last like one was 138. Yeah. So this one says 142. So t- let me ask you this. Let me ask some clarifying questions. Um, in what grade have you? All, how many times have you taken an IQ test? Just once? I think it was just once. Uh, do you remember how old you were? It was like a high school, middle uh, high school, middle school, something like that. Okay, high so high 17. school, seventeen, seventeen. Uh, so your, I mean, your brain was more or less fully formed at that point. I would yeah, think. I think it was stretched as far as it could go. Yes, jammed full of information and uh, maple syrup. So. You and then you have never taken one. Did they well, wait a minute. Where did they give you an IQ test? Was it at school? In a guidance counseling office. That's odd. How long did it take? I don't remember. We had to take all kinds of other weird tests too. Like if the world was destroyed in an atomic bomb, pick who you'd want to be in charge. Really? Yeah. A policeman, a doctor, a fireman, a teacher. Who rank the order of importance if the world was bombed today? So it's like apocalyptic organ yes. trail. What goes on? Seriously. What goes on in New England? What, uh, I, I don't know. There's something odd about that place. Uh, I'll need you to bite down on this rag as well, Tim. Hold these jumper cables in your hand, won't you please? Because it seems straight. Like, I don't think schools would be able to get away with giving an IQ test now. But it wasn't part of the class, right? It was just the guidance. Ca- was this part of your career uh, yes. choosing? Yes. So he said, uh, hold on a second. You'll ne- Wait a minute. You... But- I mean, I guess I'm just assuming you scored really high, and then he just said, go into radio, or did they not say go into well, radio? Well, I was already in radio then. Were they trying to dissuade you from it by More saying, no, 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 <laughs> look how intelligent you're such a smart boy. Why are you wasting your time playing all that rock and roll, Tim, hanging out with hooligans? All right. Basically, yes. I don't think they could do that now. I think if they tried to give you uh, an IQ test, they'd be like one of those things... They, where they, where you, you always hear about the schools where like they won't have any scores for athletic competitions because they want kids to have like their self esteem damaged. Like a sailboat. Yeah, I mean that's right. That's that's the whole thing. Where it's like yeah, if you're doing something and they they won't have anything that's kind of competitive. Those and are I, Montessori schools. Well, and see, and I always wonder if that's actually true. And not even with a private school, but like at public schools, you'll hear that. Well, there there are no losers at today's softball game. There's always a loser, kids, and it's it, often it's you. That's my just there's no could, getting around that. My friends kid went to a Montessori school, and he yeah he he got um. He never had grades. It's just like he did very well at this. Or you know, <laughs> what is your grade so today? Well. Apple. Mm-hmm. So Montessori uh, Montessori schools. Face. That's like a but that's a private school, right? I believe so. Yes. I'm not too uh, like well rehearsed on. Montessori so like if you stuff. go to a Portland public school, I mean, do you do like I mean, is it like you go play baseball or something in recess, like structured baseball? Do they have? I mean, somebody do they have like a score where there's a winner and then there's a not winner? I would think so. You all, I wonder but then if again, that, this is also the age where you can't bring a Valentine's Day card for one person. I'll see that's, everybody. So I wonder if that's a thing that people just sort of say happens at schools or if it really does. Like we, I think we did have a parent last year who told us that they were not allowed to play. Uh, it wasn't just that they couldn't play tag. I think we had a parent last year call from a regular, just a public middle school, and said that the kids actually couldn't run. They were not allowed no, to it was, run. It was Scotty J who said his son is not allowed to run. He may skip. Like a girl. That is, that's exactly, Scotty J, who was our production assistant uh, about, what, a year, year and a half ago, something like that. Kids aren't allowed to run, they must skip. That is right. His son was made to skip like a woman at school. I totally forgot about that. That's exactly. Skip like a woman. Well, see, and I will, I mean, you know, or. Because I just can't stop skipping. Or that kid from Billy Madison. But I. With dolls. The, the, um, so, uh, all right. Well, in any event. 
Moving forward. What all right, are so we, we doing? I have no idea. We were talking about your IQ. So we'll later on in this hour, like I think it's Tim's uh, genius level. Well, at seven forty or so, uh, we will have the audience uh, do it. We'll do an insta poll. We'll have the audience weigh in on what they think your IQ is, and then we'll take our final guess. And we're, if we're within three points on either side, you got it. You got to cop to it. Sarah and I don't know, Greg, because you're the only person on the show that's had his IQ tested. Like you took the SATs, though, right? I took SATs oh, yes. also. You did. Did yeah. you do well at the SATs? I can't remember. Well, that's a lie. Oh. That, see, you were. It seems like no, unless I, you did like an, unless you were just average. I, I would imagine I I did fairly well. If you did very well or very badly, I would think you'd you'd remember it though. So maybe you did as expected. Maybe. Maybe you were. Uh, you were. I mean, was, I don't remember it. It was uh, satisfactory. Well, I would remember something traumatic happened because traumatic things used to happen when I used to take tests, like getting a nonstop bloody nose and having to be carried out of the classroom. I wasn't going to go that way. Okay. Here's just real quickly. It's funny that you say bloody nose. Not funny. Ha ha. But um, it is sort of funny. Ha ha. When you said traumatic things used to happen, not that you were this kid, but I immediately thought of this kid that I sat next to in class who they'd try to give you a test and he would just, he'd just pee himself. (laughs) Rob, where's your pencil? Rob, why are you? Oh God. So who was your PE guy? He was Rob. His name was Rob. I was, my, in my class, it was Justin. Anytime the teacher would, you know, it, Rob, what's two plus five? Rob, quit, uh, for the love of, go to the bathroom. But yours was the other end. It was your face that was peeing. Yes. No, it, it was summer school, and it was there were calculus questions <laughs> in Brother Doobie's class. And But, I mean, you were just sitting there, and your nose just began bleeding for yes, no that, reason? Well, when I, I was just so stressed. It can happen. You can Your nose can bleed because of stress? That's what happens. Weird. Did your nose bleed during the SATs? No, but right. I did not do well at the SATs. You're a girl, though. Yes. But girls wouldn't get a bloody nose. <laughs> okay. Uh, was science part of the SAT uh, test? The, so is the SAT I know just I math really, and English? Yeah, I know. So, so I'm terrible at math. Terrible at math. I'm but terrible I, at math, too. I'm very I, good at English. But I did extremely well in math on my SATs and horribly on my English. Is this because you were, do you think you were so freaked out about the math that you focused more? I don't know, because I really enjoy numbers, but like I took uh, Math 101 in college and failed it. What is Math 101? Is that like the thing that the football like players take? Of, it's like algebra and stuff. All right. But then it turned out that I didn't have to take it, so the F didn't count anyway, because I scored so high on my SATs in the math section that um, it had canceled out my... Well, your SATs going to be that bad. You got into college. Yeah. I mean, it's not so you couldn't have bombed it or anything. I didn't bomb it, but I just, I, I know that I did poorer than, um... Is that a thing you worry about once you're in college? Like, once you get into college, do you, like, do you look back at your SAT, SATs and are you unhappy that you did, uh, the, in your opinion, poorly? Well, I'm 28 and looking back at it now, I'm still unhappy. See, I'm like, I wouldn't, it. I mean... They got it, you here, aren't you? Yeah. you know? <laughs> but isn't the whole point, like, just to get into college? Like, once you've done that, like, who cares? Because I feel like, I don't know, I just, I've always kind of wanted to retake it. Can you do that? Can you go back and retake your SATs? Mm, Probably not. I don't think so. But you pay for it, right? It's a test you pay for. Yeah, I I don't really desire to because then, you know, it'll be solidified that I, in fact, am not very bright. (laughs) Excellent. Because what if I do even, what if I do even worse this time? Oh, that would suck. What if you went back and did your SATs now? What if every time you took your IQ test, you just got dumber and dumber and dumber? Yeah, hence the reason why I'm kind of fearful about the um, IQ test. Well, I wouldn't even know where to do that. Like, I don't even. I don't even know how to do that. Is there like, and and don't point me, don't send me some link uh, that takes me to an online IQ test. That's, that's just stupid. Even I, even with my tiny, tiny underpowered brain, I know that. 
All right. Well, let's uh, play some of this cheap trick song. We've got mystery guest coming up at the uh, seven twenty, seven twenty-five ish. Oh, yes. Got, yeah, we've got it. All right. Hustle. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, here is a little bit of the song. It is called Transformers. We'll do. I don't know, maybe a minute, minute and a half of this. This is a cheap trick. Just came out yesterday from the Transformers soundtrack, ladies and gentlemen. I love Cheap Trick. This sounds like that Queen song. The Flash Gordon one. And it sounds like Dream Police and Surrender. Oh, yeah, it does, doesn't it? Keyboard line This is really, really good. <laughs> Damn you, Michael Bay! Damn your black heart! That's fantastic. I like it. It's snappy. You know what? And they're all like 100 years old, so good for them. Well done, Cheap Trick. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. In just a few moments, we will have mystery guest for this Wednesday. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Putting the cult in pop culture. The Jesus is about two inches tall. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock on a 1K UFO. Now people are just being cruel. Rick's IQ is 72. Well, it's no. not cruel. It's accurate. No, Paul, you, you don't know that. That You're just speculating. That has not been proven I beyond we'll reasonable doubt. Tim's the only one who's taken it. Uh, this one says, uh, let's see, uh, Tim's IQ is 128. That is my guess. Uh, this one says, uh, Tim's IQ test was given on a scroll. We were talking about during the break, I totally picture your school being like Hogwarts, though, uh, where you've got like the little, uh, you know, you've got the jacket with the with the crest. I had that, yes. On it, really? Mm-hmm. And you're just like in a big stone hallway, and you know, and Richard Harris or somebody in the front of welcome, Tim Riley, and then there's a bunch of candles sort of floating I think there, everywhere. there was granite. Really? The school was built in the mid-60s. I'm just picturing you going to that Dead Poet Society school, really. That's That's what it is. Uh, you're walking around outside in the snow conjugating it Latin verbs same, or something. It had the same attitude Excellent. like that. All right. Do well, or we will beat you with a stick. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. In uh, just moments, we'll do today's mystery guest. Okay, so uh, you have to leave the room really quick so we can tell the audience who it is. All right. Uh, don't forget, coming up at 8 o'clock today, we'll talk to uh, Peter Carlin from the Oregonian and a big concert announcement uh, coming up at 8 o'clock as well. We'll give away a copy of The Shield Season 7 on DVD. Oh, and i got to get these uh, we'll, we'll those, uh, sound clips of Matt Lauer, who's leching all over uh, Sandra Bullock. All right, so I'm going to leave the room now. Just for a second. Yeah. And Sarah and Greg, you all will reveal the identity of the mystery guest to the audience. Yes, I'm going to give him, um, you're, you and the audience are going to get his name, title, and website. All right. Well, feel free to tell the audience whatever you want. Okay. I, uh, all right. So I will leave the room now. Just me leaving the room, walking outside. Well, see you later. Goodbye. Right. Goodbye. <gasps> okay, so this guy's name is Mark Lindemer. 
He's a wedding planner, and he specializes in how to avoid... Uh, yes, how to avoid uh, terrible uh, wedding receptions. And um, Greg's made him a bit nervous on the phone. Yes. So, all right. We're ready uh, to go. Yes. Okay, it's going to be good. And he's t- Yeah, and he's spoken to him. All right, come back in. All right. Uh, oh, um, anything out there? Totally out of the loop. All right, excellent. All right. You know, I haven't had my coffee uh, this hour either, Uh-oh. so I'm just saying going into this with an underpowered brain as it is. Oh, I, uh, come on. Don't I, start making excuses. I know. Like... I'm just saying, I, you know, so when I execute this uh, flawlessly, you'll be particularly impressed because it was done with, the, you know, the, the, the sort of the handicap of being understimulated. Is someone underselling to overdeliver? I uh, like to manage expectations, Sarah. Yes. Me in the sales department. Okay. Tim Riley is tracking the following headlines for you on this Wednesday morning. Well, it's a done deal. Chrysler and Fiat have announced their plan to merge. So it'll be called a Chrysler. Now, I thought that <laughs> didn't the Supreme Court or somebody step in and say they couldn't do that? They did, but apparently somebody got some cash in an envelope in the back room and everything's fine now. <laughs> I was going to say, what was the point? They delayed it for a single day. What the hell is up with that? Somebody had to come up with some money. Well, you can't do it until... Tomorrow afternoon, then it's fine. All right. Eddie Bauer may be heading for bankruptcy next. And one of David Carradine's ex-wives says he used to tie himself up in his bedroom all the time. Well, there you go. All right. So we are we obtaining the mystery guest? Uh, yes. I believe that Greg Nibbler is on the phone with him right now, but okay. he can't see me because he has the sound turned I off. I just want to make sure that he's on the phone. He can't hear us, okay. but he's on the phone. All right. He's on the phone. All, all right, right. So here on. you go. Hold on. I have to swish, I have to swish some water in my mouth very quickly. Ah, all right. right. <clears throat> okay, what information am I getting? You are getting his name, his job, and his website. All right, and is he, the website, is that what he's pushing? Yes. Well, I'm, I mean, yes. Is, I mean, does he have something I'm promoting? Yes, it, it would be his website. It's the website. Okay, yes. and uh, I'm getting his name, his his uh, title, or what he what he does, and then his website. Yes. All right, uh, and then I get how long to prepare? Um, About 20 seconds. All right, okay. Are we ready? Well, you said that you're an old pro, so I mean, do you want want more time than that, Rick? I'm confident with whatever you feel like you want to give me. Okay, let's do 15 seconds. Okay. Okay, there you go. All right, hold on. Is this going to be difficult to pronounce? No. All right. Uh, It's on the inside. Oh, I'm sorry. I've got to open this up. I feel like I'm Cooper. Mark Lindemer? Lindemer. 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 Wedding planner. Wedperfect.com. Lindener? Lindener. Lindener. Uh, Lindemer? How does that part? Is it an M? Lindemer, yeah. Lindemer. All right. Mark Lindemer, wedding planner from Wedperfect.com. And he specializes in certain <clears throat> types of weddings. I think I've cracked your code. <laughs> All right. Are we ready? All right. <clears throat> and so anyway, then the nun said, uh, let's do it. <laughs> the room's already paid for. Laughter. <laughs> Hey, it's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101, KUFO. It's 503-228-4101. Let's now welcome to the Rick Emerson Show uh, from uh, wedperfect.com. And that's uh, that's a hyphen, by the way. uh, Wed-perfect.com. Wedding planner, Mark Lindemer. Uh, Hello, Mark. How are you today? Hi, Rick. Uh, Thanks for having me with you today. Thank you for for joining us, my friend. Um, Let me ask you this. Uh, So... Everybody specializes in this crazy, mixed-up world of ours because there's all sorts of folks from different walks of life who get married. Where do you feel your your specialty lies? What would you like the people to, to come away from this knowing about your service? The number one thing that I want them to know is that they're not alone in preparing to have a fun and successful reception. Sometimes they can feel like they don't know what to do. And if they go to uh, the wedding reception perfection website, 
I can just find out how to do all that. So what would you say are the particular challenges uh, in terms of weddings and receptions or whatever that, uh, that you face with your customers? What are they, uh, what's, the, what's the problem that you find yourself dealing with most frequently? Well, it, it's initially, uh, it's getting people to understand how important uh, the music can be to the outcome of a reception. And that then is also dependent upon a really good planning in advance so the band or DJ can give them what they want. And uh, do you find that there are a, a certain uh, just, um, you know, there's certain standards you can go with? There are no-lose scenarios you can pursue music-wise, you know, things you can never go wrong with? Oh, absolutely, Rick. Um, and that's where uh, a bride and a groom should uh, rely on their DJ or band's expertise and experience to help them make sure that the dance floor stays busy. So they, they just need to uh, trust in uh, who they feel confident in to make sure that their evening goes the way that they the way they want. We're talking to uh, Mark Lindemer. He's a wedding planner from wed-perfect.com. Uh, 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 so what would you say, since your website is uh, wedperfect.com, what would you say is the recipe for a perfect uh, reception? I mean, really, how do you, if you had to put it together, you're just your dream scenario, how, uh, how would you structure that? What should people absolutely have? Well, they absolutely have to have a plan that uh, they can be sure is going to have a fun evening. Sometimes when people think of their reception, they're not there, of course, when they're planning it. They're not experiencing it at the moment. But when it comes right down to it, what they want is to have everybody have fun. And the key to that is to make sure that uh, you uh, hire the very best entertainment that you can afford and then also make it very clear uh, to the entertainment exactly what you want. So the scenario has a lot to do with the combination of the activities, announcements, and events and all the cocktail dinner and dance music yes. that a bride and groom want to have for the evening. Uh, what, are the, what are some of the, the pitfalls that you've seen in your, uh, in your profession? Maybe things that, uh, you know, areas that people should steer clear of. Uh, you know, if they don't, it leads to, uh, leads to difficulty. What are the, some of the most common mistakes that people make when they're sort of putting this together? Well, common mistakes is uh, waiting too long to plan and prepare. Um, they get awfully busy uh, with with their lives. Uh, lives are busy anyway, and then, yes. then people get married. <laughs> so that's on top. I hear you. Yeah, that's on top of what's already going on. Sometimes, sometimes they, they wait too long to make the really important decisions um, that are required to, to have a, a really successful evening. So that's, that's one, uh, time management. <clears throat> the other one is to actually believe and depend upon uh, the services that they hire. Uh, it's uh, sometimes controls an issue. Yes. Well, I can uh, I can hear that you're a man with a, a real zeal and a zest uh, for what he does. I can uh, I can tell that this is a thing you bring a lot of energy to, uh, Mark. Well, Mark Lindemer, the uh, the website is wed-perfect.com. Uh, thank you. Best of continued success, sir. Well, I appreciate it, Rick, and uh, same to you. All right, thank you, Greg. If you want to uh, talk to Mark and uh, uh, just uh, to find out, uh, make sure we got. I have no idea what his deal is. Wow. What, is he a DJ? Is he a band? <laughs> no, he's a wedding planner. Right, it said that, but he kept going to the music thing. Top wedding planner tells how to avoid reception nightmares. Oh, I see. Okay, how so can I a couple can... make sure their dream wedding doesn't turn into their worst nightmare? Invite Mark Lindemer. Founder of Wedding Reception Perfection on your show. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't quite tell the deal. I thought he might have been like a wedding singer because every every time I asked him something, he kept like going back to the, I to the band part. Focusing on the music stuff. Well, because I have no. Uh, all it says here is wedding planner, and I have no real idea like what that means. I mean, it could be food, it could be uh, entertainment, it could be uh, decoration. 
It could be. That was a, the first time I've seen you sweat a little. Yeah, I just well because well see, but, you, but you, you said you could do less or more with less because you made it sound a lot harder than it was going to be. So I was a little worried because when you said he specializes in a certain kind of wedding, I thought, oh, it's like a gay wedding planner, it's mind games, or right? it's like, or it's a wedding planner for like you know for uh, like older people, or it's a wedding planner for people of a certain faith. I was really really hoping that you would uh, latch onto the thinking it was a gay marriage thing. Oh well, see that's that's what I thought it was, and then immediately he made clear that it wasn't the case. So that's a that was yeah. I was really unsure at the beginning because you, yeah, you made it sound like it was going to be more specialized than it was, and then he sort of revealed right at the outset uh, that it was about the reception. So that was uh, that was where I mined the rest of the questions. Once I was uh, once I was clear that that was not the case. Way to go, champ! Awesome. There you go. Doing what I do. That was very informative. Well, Tim, I'm sure you helped many people. You know, in the same situation. Boy, you want to talk about a guy that does not sound like he is packed full of pep and life, though. I mean, it, it, it really, it could be his first interview. <laughs> entirely possible. I think it was. Is he from the radio TV interview report? Why, he sure is, You know, Rick. like 85% of the people in there published whatever their book is or their website, they made it in their garage or with a bootleg copy of Microsoft Front Page from 1994. I didn't see this. We could have had a call-in contest, and the worst one um, with their nightmare stories, and the worst one was a free subscription to Wedding Reception Perfection. Well, that's awesome. Let's do this. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 and KUFO Straight Ahead News with Tim Riley. Uh, and coming up at 740, we'll do a uh, an Insta poll here. We'll uh, try to figure out exactly what Tim's IQ actually is. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Big concert announcement coming up at 8 o'clock. Be listening. Here's Errol Smith. Now broadcasting everywhere. At all times. To everyone. In accordance with prophecy. The Rick Emerson Show. Live or via podcast at KUFO.com. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Good morning. It is Wednesday. It's 503-228-4101. Here in just a few minutes, we'll do the uh, Insta poll to determine Tim Riley's IQ. Not to determine your IQ. We'll pick the IQ, and then you have to act that way for the rest of your life. The answer is 12. Uh, So we get one guess at this, though, and we have to be within uh, within three points on either side of the correct answer. And if we uh, if we do that, so in other words, if it was like 130, if we guessed 127 to 133. Uh, then you will tell us, you will reveal the number, right? Yes. All right. There you go. So we don't actually get to guess. It's going to be the average of what listeners believe Well, it I to think, be. see, here's the thing. You and I could guess, but that will almost certainly be wrong. You know what I mean? Because there's a, a big swath of numbers. Assuming that Tim is a genius. Uh, oh, that's, I'm, not, I'm not. That's like a, so are you saying clinically speaking you're not? Well, in, in any, any <laughs> determination. In, in, any, in any sense. Well, Tim, one, it is good to have self-awareness. The smartest man is he who knows what he does not know. So, but I think if you and I were to guess, I mean, that's, there's a big chunk of numbers there that we would have to cover, and the odds that we're going to get it right. But I think if we sort of harness the distributed computing power of the audience, we'll have the audience weigh in, we'll list all the guesses, and then we'll average what the audience thinks Tim's IQ is with our guesses. We'll come up with this sort of mean number, which I think is going to be that. that's going to be the, like the most accurate way I think to guess. All right, it's five zero three two two eight four one zero one. Don't call about that quite yet, but we'll do that here in a few. Coming up at eight o'clock, a big concert announcement, and we'll talk to uh, Peter Carlin from the Oregonian at the news desk. It is Tim Riley. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. 7.45, good morning. Some drizzle early this morning, then partly cloudy the rest of the day. Highs in the 70s. It's official. Chrysler and Fiat have announced they have finalized their alliance. The move comes a day after the U.S. Supreme Court approved the sale of Chrysler assets to Fiat after brief delay. So it's fine. 
Then, uh... This is kind of a strange plan. The House has approved a cash-for-clunkers bill to boost lagging auto sales. The bill would encourage you to turn turn in your gas-guzzling cars and trucks for a $4,500 voucher for more fuel-efficient vehicles. Now, the House version says you would get this if you traded in a passenger car getting 18 miles per gallon or less. For a new car getting at least 22 miles per gallon, there's only a four-mile difference there. I mean, is that really where the standard is now? 22 miles per gallon? 22 miles... That's considered fuel efficient. 22 miles a gallon is really a, uh, that's the benchmark now for... Uh, is that a lot? I don't know. I mean, Apparently no. They, they feel that is the case. But the Senate says your car must get 17 miles per gallon or less. All right. And get up to 24 miles per Let's gallon. leave aside the insanity that 22 miles uh, to a gallon it's is fuel considered fuel-saving fuel at this point and fuel-efficient. How are you supposed to determine how many miles per gallon your vehicle gets? Especially well, if... That is already determined for you when you buy it. It has that sticker on the window. Well, it is already predetermined. Well, hold on. But now is that... But, but when they say turning in a clunker, that implies that it's a car that's sort of old and, and beat up, right? Mm-hmm. Which means it might not be getting that anymore. Right. It seems like the fuel efficiency of your vehicle decreases over time, does it not? Well, that's a good question. Like, if I'm you're not, not sure the, about that. Like if, you buy, like if Sarah buys some brand new car right off the lot, it's going to get X amount of miles per gallon. Ten years later, she's not taking care of it. It's probably going to oh, get I less see. than that. Yeah, I, I would say that that so would be it, rational. So when you're turning in a car, is it how many miles per gallon the car theoretically gets, or is it how many miles per gallon the car actually gets, and then how do you even know that? Like, who determines that? Yeah. Well, can't you just fill your gas tank and then, like, and know how big your gas tank is and how much you can travel on a full tank of gas? I guess. Well, there's a lot of it? math involved here. This is way smarter older than... Tra- older traded vehicles must be in drivable condition, be manufactured in model year 1984 or later, and be continuously insured by the same owner for at least one year prior to trade-in. Uh, this is way too hard. I think they're doing this because they know that nobody will take advantage of it. This is not going to require any actual well, Once these hybrids start looking a little bit better, people might be interested. Uh, the, but they, big, you know, they just look like big lumps of potatoes right now. <laughs> This is going to be this is going to be like uh, one of those things uh, where you you take like some bisquick home from the store because you think it's a, you know you think it's an easy thing to create and then it turns out you got to go and like buy nine other ingredients and have seven different kinds of measuring cups to make it work. All right. Yeah, I would have no idea how to because it, you would have to as Sarah just pointed out, you would have to either fill the car entirely with gas. I mean, not the could be like the gas tank. And then or you could fill the car entirely with gas too if you want to make like a whole day of it. If you want to, if you want to end things on a sort of an exciting note, and then speed, then speed through the Mojave Desert. How many miles are? You? Um, you would have to fill the gas tank entirely, reset the mileage thing, drive until the car runs out of gas, leaving you sputtered in the middle of nowhere. Then divide the number of somethings into something else. You either have to do that by the number of gallons, or I guess you <laughs> could. Getting too complicated. See, but that's what I'm saying. Or how? But what would you? How else would you do it? I guess you could. I guess you could go to the go to the uh, the gas station. You put in like five gallons of gas. You drive, well, like forty miles or something, and then you go back and you put in more gas and see how much it took to put you back to the previous level. But then I don't even know what you divide into in what. One gallon of gas, and then drive around, and see how far one gallon gets you, and then. Multiply that but how time. do you know when that one gallon is gone? Your car runs out of gas. <laughs> see, but that's but these <laughs> the are, red that, light goes on. That's what I'm saying. But these, these all people see. What does the red light mean? How do you know how much gas is left when the red light goes on, Tim? It varies Mr. from car to car. It varies from car to car. So push, Mr. The car push Brainiac, the car with no gas uh, in it. <laughs> Mr. Brainiac got all my uh, got all my lessons given to me by John Hausman guy. <laughs> now you're really dating yourself. I know.
John Hausman's been dead for years. Yes, yes, he has. Um, well, I like to make a paper chase uh, reference whenever I can. All right, this is way too hard. Nobody's going to do any of this. It's no. a lot easier just to give uh, your car to that like priest who's always on the billboard saying, "Give your car to Father Joe for cancer." Which doesn't make any sense. I don't even understand how that works. Well, let's talk about Megan Fox instead. Can we? She's having a terrible time of it, struggling with her newfound star status. Uh, I definitely feel ill-prepared. I mean, I don't know if anyone ever sits back and goes, now it's a moment that I think I should be a famous celebrity. Like, at least I know I'm struggling with trying to figure out how to how to live in it. But I definitely feel it's, it's premature. I mean, I was in one movie that people have seen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, can I just tell you that my brain just shut off about four syllables into that. She just well, she's struggling not... with it all. I made a sort of snap determination. Did the other movie come out like three years ago? How's it it's still a new struggle? And she hasn't. And she. It's not like she's only been seen in one film. Although now that I think about it, I can't remember anything else she's been in. Has she only been in Transformers? That's. I remember unlikely. she guest starred on um, Two and a Half Men. Really? Mm-hmm. I hear good things about Two and a Half Men. It's funny. Is it? Mm-hmm. All right. It made her a star. You know, I won't be I, able to uh... watch it anymore because the cable because you know they're shutting off the the regular television, and I don't have one of those ca- cable converter boxes. You're so cute. You're one of those <laughs> rabbit uh, ear people. Just That's all I have. Sitting at home in a wife beater. To, I don't know, dadgummit. Nothing would be sad without my two and a half men. That's the only channel that I get two and a half men and family guy. <laughs> my magical picture box ain't working. <laughs> Give me fish sticks. Well, all right. Uh, Megan J. Fox admits she's sexy but needs to be taken seriously. I need to behave in a way and handle myself in a way that will cause people to take me seriously. There, you can be sexy and be uh, intelligent and be taken seriously, or you can be sexy and you can be out at clubs every night and, Which and you don't not do. be taken seriously. No, not yet. I haven't gone completely insane, but it might happen soon. You know, you know what? how you're not taken seriously is getting a giant picture of Marilyn Monroe's face on your forearm. What? That's what she has. She has the most ridiculous tattoo. It's Marilyn Monroe's face? She has, a, she has a huge tattoo of Marilyn Monroe's face on her forearm. Yeah, that makes her look like a deep thinker. <laughs> you and Meryl smart. Streep has one of those, too. Mm-hmm. Here's the other way you should be taken seriously. Every time you're interviewed, uh, talk cons- porno music behind you. <laughs> I was actually just going to say, have like a bad erasure song playing in the background and talk constantly about how you want to make out with other chicks, but you're straight. Well, let's talk about somebody with... Legitimate talent. Miley Cyrus <laughs> has uh, signaled the end of her romance to Jason Gaston. This lasted nine months. It is officially over. The 16-year-old Cyrus ended the relationship last week and will be leaving Los Angeles for two months to shoot a movie in Georgia. While both parties are reported to be heartbroken over the split, there is speculation that distance isn't the only factor in the breakup. Gaston, who's 20, has alleged you have told friends that Cyrus reestablished friendship with pop star Nick Jonas. Apparently, this was a driving force in the relationship's end. All right. Well, and also, she's like 12. And wasn't the, the Gaston guy like 20? Yes. So that's awkward and possibly felonious. Uh, let's uh, <laughs> hold on. Let me. Uh... Hi, you're on the uh, Rick Emerson show, sir or madam, as the case may be. Hello. Hi, Rick. Hey. I wanted to let you know how gas mileage is calculated. All right. So it's pretty straightforward. Um, all you do is you fill the car up with gas, and then you go drive. Uh, until the fuel tank is roughly empty. Then you go back to the fuel station and fill it up again. And then you take that amount of gallons and uh, divide it into the number of miles it took you to travel. Now, I mean, but now, good. Now, but couldn't okay. I just... But I wouldn't have to drive until the, the fuel tank is empty to do that, right? Like, in other words, nope. I could, if I filled the gas tank, I could just go drive, like, 20 miles and then go yep. back and fill it and divide the number of miles into gallons? Divide... 
say you're going miles per gallon. So you divide the miles by the gallon. Ah, okay. all right. There you go. <laughs> See how the, this is why Sarah and I should never take an IQ test and probably won't because you just answered them like four words and literally we would have just sat here for the rest of our lives sort of stuck in some infinite paradox go to ten loop trying to figure it out and we never would have uh, we never would have solved it. Actually, all right. Well, thank you, my friend. All right. All right. Thank you for listening. Appreciate it. All right. There's uh, that guy. Yes, we. I do not want to take an IQ test. Uh, hey, Greg, will you do me a favor? Um, will you uh, kind of these folks are on hold? Will you kind of let them know that we're going to have to uh, we'll have to clear out the phone check to the Insta poll here in a second for t- t- to figure out uh, what what our guess at Tim's IQ um, is going to be. Hey, when you took the IQ test, did you have was like a proctor or something where they put you in a hall with a bunch of other kids? Were you in like an isolation booth of some kind? It was an isolated booth. So that sounds like a legitimate IQ test. Like not I one guess of those... so. I didn't know that they don't give them anymore. Like there weren't emoticons or anything involved at any point. I don't believe so. All right. Uh, it so not been invented yet. Here's what we'll do. We'll, uh, uh, so we're going to do the, the instable here, yes? Because then at 8, we got the concert announcement and uh, Peter Carlin. There's too much going on. Sarah Dillon? Um, can we do it on the other side? Can we do the call out now? Of course we can. Well, uh, well, we should, well I don't want to make people hold. Uh, so, uh, so we have to get something we... over with now. Pick one thing to get over with now. Let's make it me talking. Uh, when we come back, we'll have a, a big concert announcement. We'll talk to Peter Carla for the Oregonian, and we'll do the uh, Insta poll uh, to determine our guest at Tim Riley's IQ. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Stay there. KUFO, Portland. This is Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us today. It's 503-228-4101. All right. So it looks like, uh, I don't know, Peter Carlin's busy working on, I don't know, tabletop fusion or something in his basement. So, Why well, uh, did you know that you save more gas by replacing an 18-mile-per-gallon car with a 22-mile-per-gallon car, then replacing it with a 28-mile to a 32-mile-per-gallon car? That doesn't make any sense at all. Mm-hmm. Are you, you, just, you save 100 more miles by replacing an 18 to 22 mile per gallon, gallon car, then you will with the 28 to 32 mile per gallon car. I don't understand. How would that even be possible? That's the way the math you works just, out. But, okay, but see, you can't just say that you can't just go, well, no, 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 it's, because uh, you know what you are? You're one, you're one of those, and then uh, and then God fixed it, uh, and then we walked upright. Well, this comes to us from a very smart listener who would sit around and figure this stuff out. How can you save more? How can you save more money by buying a car that has lower gas mileage? That's t- that's totally non-intuitive. I think someone's winding you up. I think someone is testing your IQ. This no, is no, no, someone no, who is passively trying to figure out your IQ by feeding you obviously false information, seeing if you repeat it. It was fed to you too, but you ignored it. Well, it probably confused me. They're trying to. Here's what they're doing. They're trying to make you sound like Sarah and I always sound. Like that time, and somebody just reminded me of this, like that time that Sarah and I spent about 15 minutes uh, debating whether or not Siamese twins could be joined at the hair, which really was just latched onto and used as a... Um, as a banner uh, of our it's just the boob-like mental state according just, to this for math, weeks and weeks after the fact. According to this math, you would save more than 100 miles per gallon more by moving from 18 to 22 miles per gallon than you would moving from 28 to 32 miles per gallon. Oh, I see. Well, okay, but... So we've, do you understand it now? Well, no, because it's still. You know what? Let's stop. Let's stop this now because it's. I'm. That's never going to make any sense to me. 
That's right. a thing that is going to confuse me forever. I can see, I can Let's look see. down that road, and it just goes into this sort of Cambodian thicket I'll, I'll uh, of numbers. I'll find something that makes sense to you. All right. One of David Carradine's ex-wives says he used to tie himself up in the bedroom all the time. Is there any question about that? Yes, and we will have the answers to that in just one moment. Sarah, do we have a appropriately dramatic music here <sighs> um, for our uh, big concert announcement? Right here. Like this? No. Do we have anything better? Um. Well, let's go with... Ladies and gentlemen, no, that just doesn't, uh, wait, hold on, let me see if I can, no, uh, hold on, let me, no, that's not really going to work, uh, let me look, let me look for one more, uh, one more thing here, let's see, uh, uh, let's see, concert announcement, no, that's not, how about this, no, well, we'll go with the lead girl, I guess, we don't have any choice, all right, ladies and gentlemen, <coughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends, Romans, neighbors, and countrymen, lend me your ears, won't you please? I hold here in my hands this concert announcement from the desk of Rock 101 KUFO. Sunday, <clears throat> Sunday, August 23rd at the Washington County Fairgrounds in Hillsboro, KUFO's Summer of Rock continues as we present the Pedal to the Metal Tour featuring Mudvayne, Black Label Society, awesome, Static X, Suicide Silence, uh, Dope, Barrier Dead, and Hell's a Poppin'. Which I enjoy saying because it's got an apostrophe at the end of it. Mudvayne, Black Label Society, Static X, Dope, Bury Your Dead, Hell's a Poppin', and more. That is KUFO Summer of Rock. The third show announced, continuing with the Pedal to the Metal Tour. That is Sunday, August 23rd at the Washington County Fairgrounds in Hillsborough. Now, tickets are going to go on sale Friday, June 19th, which is a, a week from this coming Friday. But this coming weekend, KUFO is going to uh, put pedal to the metal. Uh, you're going to be able to win them before you combine, which is a full week before. So those tickets will be winnable one whole week before you can buy them. And that is this coming weekend right here on Rock 101 KUFO. Uh, and actually, these and the, the, the tickets, uh, they're, uh, they've got a great price, too, because, I mean, it's like a whole it's a whole day of rock. And the tickets start at just uh, 30 bucks plus service charge. Available at Tickets West. And again, those tickets are on sale a week from this coming Friday. That is the 19th of June, but we are going to be giving them away a full week before you can buy them this weekend. And if you are an Area 101 member, as you ought to be, keep an eye on your inbox for special info coming today and in the weeks ahead. And find out uh, all about everything I just said at KUFO. Dot com. KUFO Summer of Rock continues with the Pedal to the Metal Tour featuring Mudvayne, Black Label Society, Static X, and more. Find out more at KUFO.com and be listening this weekend as you can win those tickets uh, a full week before you can buy them, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. Awesome. 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. And so what better time to do this? Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mudvayne. Keep listening. Straight ahead, we'll do the Insta poll to determine Tim Riley's IQ. And Oh, I got these Matt Lauer cuts, and we'll have that quote from David Carradine's ex-wife. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Rock 101, KUFO. More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Only on Rock 101, KUFO. In my test results, read them and weep. Uh, Peter, according to this, you're not a genius. In fact, 
You're mentally retarded. Oh, yeah? Well, would a mentally retarded guy have hired a bulldozer with a drunk driver to level half of his house in celebration of his fantastic test results? Uh, maybe. Uh-oh. Congratulations! Excellent. Is that the episode where Peter finds out that he's retarded? Yeah, it's called Petarded. <laughs> Excellent. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It's 503-228-4101, ladies and gentlemen. All right, a couple of things. A, I won't say who this is about, but during the break, Sarah referred to somebody. I can't even say it's a, it's a celebrity. Um, I I will say this. It's nobody that we've seen. Uh, a long time. It's nobody we've seen or heard from for quite some time. I'll put it that way. For a few years, at least. And was never a friend of the show or anything. No, it's uh, nobody really associated with the program, but it is uh, somebody who was uh, very, very visible on the Portland scene uh, for some time. And Sarah and I were reminiscing about a, a period in our life when we had to, to spend time with this person. Anyway, it's all worth it for this phrase. It doesn't really matter who it is, except that Sarah said, yeah, that guy smelled like disease. And here's the thing. I don't know what that smells like, but I know exactly what it smells like. And it smells like him, doesn't it? And you also said that he smelled like whiskey and evil. And that he, quote, had big gaping holes in his face. Oh. Like that you have to sort of putty in or something. Oh, God. Right. Uh, it's uh, 503-228-4101. In just a moment, we'll do the Instapoll. I should note that Peter Carlin from the Oregonian was going to join us at the top of the hour. Uh, this hour, that didn't happen. I guess we're going to speak with him on Friday. It, it, these two things are tied together. One, I think he's practicing ballet, and I'm not making that up. And B... On Friday, One and B. <laughs> moving forward, uh, B, on Friday, he's actually going to be performing with the Portland City Ballet or the Oregon Ballet Orchestra or whatever it is. He's going to be performing ballet on stage is on Friday. Is this a one-man show? I don't really know. I, I think it's like an adjunct to that weird interpretive cat dancing thing he was doing. Anyway, so that's on Friday. So we'll talk to Peter Carlin uh, then. All right. Uh, now is the time for the uh, Insta poll. It is 503-228-4101. So here's the background on this. It's 503-228-4101. I'll get my Instapol music uh, ready. So here's what we need you to do. We need you to pick up the phone, dial that number, and all you are doing is you are guessing at Tim Riley's IQ as determined by what? And it was an IQ test when you were about 17? Yeah. All right. And that's the only IQ test you've taken? Yes, to my knowledge. All right. So you are the only person on the show who's had his IQ taken. Which is strange. Sarah, well, see, but I don't know. Like, I don't think they did that at my school. I don't think they offered maybe they yeah, offered, didn't it offer to, it at mine. Maybe they offered it to people who, maybe they figured it was too late for you, Sarah. Maybe, maybe they, I'm sorry, Rick and Sarah. They my SAT uh, scores, and they're like, we don't need to humiliate you any further. Did you see the, the, the email that somebody was guessing Tim's IQ, and then they were guessing uh, ours as well? Uh, this one says, Rick, here's my guess at Tim's IQ, 165. He seems very bright. I'm waiting to hear what it really is. Rick, I would guess your IQ is also above 160. I would guess Sarah's IQ at 125. Thanks. I would, oh, I would love to know your IQ and Sarah's as well, but I guess you don't know it, so you can't tell us. Um, so we get one guess at Tim's IQ, and if we are within three points either way, you will tell us what it is, correct? Correct. Otherwise, it remains a mystery. And so the deal is that it, it's sort of a, we take it as an article of faith that Sarah and I don't know even how to guess at this. So we will take all the audience guesses, and we'll kind of average them uh, together. So it's uh, 503 228 So should I stop the audience member when they are close to that? No, 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 because we're going to take all the guesses. Okay. Uh, we'll take however many guesses, a bank or two calls, mm-hmm. and then we will add them all together and we'll get the average. Got it. Uh, so I'll do that there right here. It's 503-228-4101. Just call in and guess at Tim Riley's IQ. Hello. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show Instapoll. What do you believe Tim Riley's IQ to be? 
I believe it to be 127. 127. Is this based on anything in particular or just a gut uh, guess, sir? Well, just a gut guess, and I figured that it's got to be about twice you guys, so, you know. All right. Well done. Thank you. All right. Uh, thank you. Uh, it's uh, 503-228-4101. What do you believe Tim Riley's IQ to be? Hello. Uh, oh. One million. One million, is it? Well, I was going to say it's not a real number. It is. It's. Would you like to update that? Is that really what you're going with? Blowing the whole curve for everybody. <laughs> Thanks so much. This is going well. Yeah. I are on the uh, Rick Emerson Show. It's uh, the uh, Insta poll for Tim Riley's IQ. What do you believe Tim Riley's IQ to be? 140. 140. Excellent. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. 503-228-4101. Uh, hello. Hi. Uh, Rick Emerson Show. What do you believe Tim Riley's IQ to be? I have to repeat his. I think it's uh, 127. People are latching on to Missed everything there with the number. 127. All right. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Right, appreciate Great it. show. All right. Thank you. Uh, I are on the Rick Emerson Show Insta poll. What do you believe Tim Riley's IQ to be? 130. 130. All right. Uh, hello. Hi. You're on the uh, Rick Emerson Show. What do you believe Tim Riley's IQ to be? Well, it changes as he gets older. So if it, for the one when he took when he was 17, I'm going to say about 115. Well, I, you lost me at some point. So he was smart and then now he's less so? Is that what you're saying? No. No, a person's IQ generally changes once they reach adulthood. Is it? Does it drop? No, it gains. So I think he's even smarter now. But I think his test when he was seventeen. Oh, I, okay. So that's okay. So you're saying when he was one fifteen, then? Yeah. All right. Well, that's way, you're you're way too smart for this because you're adding new wrinkles into the. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's, uh, Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Insta. We'll do a few more here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What do you believe Tim Riley's IQ to be? 123. 123. Excellent. All right, two more. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What do you believe Tim Riley's IQ to be? 134. 134. All right. Final guess. Uh, what do you believe Tim Riley's IQ to be? I firmly believe it to be. <laughs> All right, thanks. <laughs> All right. Uh, excellent. All right, Sarah, so this is the time when you and I and Greg have got a guess, and then during the break, we'll add it all up, and we'll make uh, the final guess on the other side, and we'll, we'll see where we are. Sarah, what do you believe—would you like me to read the, the breakout again of, like, what the different numbers mean? No, I think I know what I think. All right. Um, what do you believe Tim Riley's IQ to be? I'm going to go for 128. 128. All right, Greg, what do you believe uh, Tim's IQ to be? Uh, does he have to come in? No, he can type it on the screen. It to me. What do you does think? he got a uh, guess? Did you, write, did you write it up there? Oh, it's on yours, I think. I oh well, hold on, let me. I'm not that right. One uh, person was very, very close. 120. Okay, I am going to guess one. I'm going to echo what somebody else said. I'm going to guess 120. I'm actually going to go this is like a showcase short, and I'll go one above 124. All right. So what we'll do is during the break, uh, we'll add that up. We'll average it. We'll come back. We'll make uh, the actual guess at the beginning of the next segment. We'll find out. Uh, we'll find out how uh, how close we were. Tim Riley, what headlines are we tracking today on this uh, Wednesday morning? Well, we're going to talk about this new health care plan and the fact that Oregon Congressman Peter DeFazio said the Republicans are doing the bidding for big health insurance companies and the druggies out there. Well, that's just true. Uh, David Carradine's ex-wife says, well, he was involved in lots of bedroom antics, including tying himself up all the time. And uh, Tori Spelling's mom is worried she'll never get to see her grandchildren again. Hey, do have we seen Tori Spelling's kids? Do they also look weird? I mean, weirder than kids normally do. I mean, they look kind of... I don't know. They just look like children. Do they look like John Elway? That's really what I'm... But no. like in a wholly inappropriate way, in a way that no one should look like John Elway. You know, I haven't seen a lot of pictures of him, so I'm not really sure. You know what uh, Tori Spelling looks like? Tori Spelling looks like... Um, she looks like if you were to take George Thorogood and stick him inside Minnie Pearl. Uh, but 
But I mean, but make her younger. You know what I mean? In, in which part of Mini Pearl? Let me start again. Maybe if you were to take George Thorogood uh, and stick him inside one of the Olsen twins. Like if he had to wear one of the Olsen twins as a suit oh, or I something. See. Okay. You know what I mean? Like if you like if you took one of the like who's the skinnier? Who's the one with the little bird legs? Both of them. Well, but isn't there one that's like even thinner than the other? I, I think Mary Kate was like the the cracky. So what if you were to make like if you were to have Mary Kate worn as some sort of costume by let's say uh, George Thorogood of the Delaware Destroyers or Mr. Ed? That is what Tori Spelling looks like. So, but you wonder how much of that is surgery gone wrong and how much of that like do we know if she looked that way in high school because she didn't she had her nose and her mouth and was she prettier boobs. before the surgery yes because you see those pictures of pam anderson where in some ways she was prettier because she did you know because she didn't look so relentlessly fake you know in every way mm-hmm. well, uh, that, i mean those girls are going to end up in a baby jane type of relationship anyway yes i mean there's nothing left for them to do they no. have plenty of money uh, all right, uh, let me play these cuts, then uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back with uh, Tim Riley for news. That's we've got that David Carradine uh, stuff to get to, and um, and we'll reveal Tim's IQ. And then we got to figure out, see, the thing is now I have to know. I guess depending on what Tim's IQ is, I feel like I, now i got to know at least at least mine. But I think that's Isn't like... is there some way you can find out really quick online what it is? Yeah, but see, those are fake, though. That's mm-hmm. like a... Th- th- I don't think those are... Re- Somebody said that that's just... Somebody emailed in and they were like, you know, those online IQ tests are just as accurate. But you know what that is? That's somebody who took one of those and they got like nine million or something. And that's why they desperately want to believe that it's uh, that it's real. I'll just play these. This is Matt Lauer. We were talking about this. This is Matt Lauer uh, on the Today Show talking to Sandra Bullock because she's got that new movie coming out with Ryan Reynolds, uh, The Proposal, which does look pretty funny. I was uh, about halfway through the trailer. I wasn't sold on it because it's sort of, a, you know, it's a romantic comedy and it's mm. kind of kooky. And the deal is. That they have to wait for it, pretend that they're engaged because it turns out that like she's a Canadian citizen and she they're going to kick her out of the country, and so it's like no 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 I'm engaged to be married to this coworker, and I think he's actually like she's his boss mm-hmm. and they don't get along, but then they have to act like uh, they're they're engaged because he needs his job and she needs to stay in the country. Wah, wah, wah. Then they oh, fall in love. Kookiness. and Wackiness ensues. But you know what also ensues is Ryan Reynolds nude yes. falling on top of Sandra Bullock on a hardwood floor. And I don't know if he's actually nude in the film. Like in the scene, he's nude, but you don't really see anything, at least in the trailer. She is apparently nude in the film, though, which I'm kind of I'm kind of curious about because I can't really get a fix on whether she's hot or not. I've never been able to figure that out. So this is Matt Lauer creepily talking to Sandra Bullock like five times in a row about how she's nude in this film. Let's see, this is the first one. Major thing that's changed since you were here last? Yes. I have now seen you naked. Oh, God. And I'm so sorry about that. I have seen you naked. Were you able to sleep afterwards? Why are you looking down? It's now my screensaver. Why did you look down when you said that? I was looking at my notes. Your notes are not over here. No, 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 they were right there. That would be this. They were right there. I didn't go like this. I went like this. I'm just saying. You're naked for most of this movie. I assume. It's a long no, stretch. I'm not. I'm not naked for most of this. It was like a, is there like some sort of cackling in the background? <laughs> Keep expecting like, that's right, I man. Jesus. Most of this except emotionally a, naked. Except for a, oh, that's such an acting Thank thing. Thank you. Except for a carefully placed, is it a washcloth? Is that what it is? It's, it's more of a loofah. He's uh, He seems very creepily into the whole nudity thing. I mean, especially because it's Matt Lauer. Like, it's not... You know, she was being, uh, you know, interview, interviewed by uh, by John Stewart or something. Yeah, I think it would be less uh, weird. But that's just the first thing. He keeps going back to it. So here's, this is a couple minutes later, and he goes back to the nudity. Didn't you tell me one time you were never going to do that? I said I was never going to do, like, a sex nude scene. Oh. But for comedy, I'm okay with that. <laughs> was it all right? I mean, was it hard to do? 
No, he just happens, right? Just, I, I'm an actor. It's not really me. It was a character doing it. Yeah. It's not really me. No, it, it's not the most comfortable thing to do. But if you're doing it like choreography and it's funny, you sort of forget that you're flashing a crew of 300. Yeah. Well, they haven't forgotten. Yeah, exactly. They're still going to therapy. But I, however, was okay. And then, just when you think it's over, he uh, pretends to talk about the movie for a second and then once more goes back to the nude scene with her. I watched it last night. It is a lot of fun. Did Thank I mention you. you have a nude scene? In this it's movie. Pretty much from the time you opened from your the mouth. Time? Yeah. Sandra yeah. Bullock. Come back more often. No, not after this interview. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of those. Uh, that is creepy. There's that one is. person in that uh, segment who's not in on the uh, on the joke there. So well done, Mad Lauer. Way to bring esteem and respect to your colleagues and your profession. All right. It's 503-228-4101. When we come back, Tim Riley will track these stories. Tim, what are they? Katie Couric. Gets the worst ratings of CBS News ever since they started taking the ratings. Maybe she should talk to Sandra Bullock about being nude. And a Portland actress inks a deal to be in a big television show with another big star. Who could that be? All right, that's on the way, and we will uh, reveal our guest at Tim Riley's IQ. This is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. I got the best uh, text message here about Tori Spelling. By the way, you can text us anytime. It's 520-5151. This really sums it all up. It says, Tori Spelling looks like a fish dressed up as a drag queen. Yes, right. she does, actually. Win. <laughs> all right, I'm going to use that from now on. That's uh, that, really, that really nails it better than anything I've said so far. And it doesn't involve jamming anything inside of Mini Pearl. All right. Moving forward. Let's talk about Secret Aardvark, a proud partner of the Rick Emerson Show. And we've talked a lot about, here's, this is going to be two things here. We're going to accomplish uh, two little bits of business. One, we'll talk about how great Secret Aardvark is. Uh, two, we will illustrate exactly how trashy I am. You may ask yourself, exactly how much of a rube is Rick Emerson? Um, well, here's how much. The other day I went home and there wasn't really anything convenient to eat at the house. And I didn't really feel like making anything. And I was, in fact... I, do you ever those things where it's like you want you want some junk food or you want something that's sort of bad or kind of trashy, but it's like your craving for junk food is sort of competing with your innate laziness. It's like I didn't like I was too impatient to wait for food to be delivered, and I in fact did not even want to leave the house to go find something. So I just sat there and I ate like not a tube, but whatever those like a cylinder, like an entire thing of Ritz crackers with secret secret artwork on top. That was it. That is, in fact, what I had for dinner, like, I don't know, like two nights ago. I just sat there on the sofa with a tube of Ritz crackers and a thing of secret aardvark, and then it was all gone. So that is a testament to, A, uh, really just what an amazing hick I am most of the time, and B, how great secret aardvark is, because you, like, you couldn't do that with most, just like hot sauce, because it doesn't have any flavor most of the time. Your average hot sauce is just like vinegar and red pepper, and it's just kind of gross, and it's not really hot, and it doesn't really have any substance to it. Secret aardvark, uh, aardvark is all natural. It's hot, it's spicy, but it's got a great flavor to it. It's got a Caribbean uh, kind of southwestern thing going on. It's got tomatoes, it's got uh, garlic, it's got uh, onion, of course, habanero, all... Uh, blended together. It's all natural. It's vegan. It is kosher. And it's made right here in Portland, Oregon. The recipe is from Portland. The company's in Portland. And you can find out more about it at secretartvark.com. Find out where they sell it. Find out where they serve it. Find out how you can get it sent directly to your home. So ye need never leave again. Secretartvark.com. Secret Artvark is one sauce to rule them all. Don't miss a moment of The Rick Emerson Show. Or you'll be filled with desperate, miserable shame. Listen online. Live or via podcast at KUFO.com.
Why, hello, it is the Rick Emerson radio program. It's 503-228-4101. Don't forget to join us tomorrow when our guests will include Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week, who, by the way, speaking of, uh, of David Carradine and Thailand stuff, she's going to Thailand for six weeks. So I don't even, I have no sense of how big uh, Thailand is. That sounds like a, like a daft question. But I mean, is it a big place, Tim? No, it's a, probably about the size of Maryland or something. It's a weird-shaped country. So I probably can't ask her tail. to. It, it might not be practical for her to just, like, stop by the hotel room and get a photo or two. It might be. All right. Well, it, we should it, ask her tomorrow. It's not that big. We'll sort of uh, drill her about where she's going to be, like, relative uh, to, the, to, you know, to David Carradine's place. Maybe we should stop by and get a postcard or something for us. Oh, that would be awesome. Or else uh, pick up some of the ma- magazines. Or maybe just like a, like a carpet swatch. Uh, in any event, uh, so we'll talk to Kelly Clark tomorrow. Also, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. Uh, All right. This, uh, sorry, I had, like, a thing there stuck in my head. Gizzard. No, it's like a piece of a sun chip or something. But it's like one of those sharp pieces that you uh, you, you immediately wonder if you're going to uh, choke on it, and then you're going to go all George W. with a mm-hmm. pretzel. All right, if you are the 10th texter uh, at this point, if you can text the uh, the words The Shield, if you are the 10th person to text The Shield to 52051, that is our uh, text number here, KUFO, if you can text uh, The Shield and be the 10th person to do so, 52051 right now, you want to copy The Shield Season 7 on DVD, the mind-blowing final season of The Shield. Starring Emmy Award winner Michael Chiklis, loaded with exclusive new bonus features, available on DVD now. If you are the 10th person uh, to text the phrase, The Shield, to 52051. All right, so there you go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, at the news desk, it is your personal savior and possible genius, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. 844, going to be cloudy skies most of today. The president hits the road today to try to sell his aggressive health care reform. Meanwhile, Republicans say this is nothing but socialism. Nationalized health care will have the competence of FEMA, the efficiency of the post office, and the compassion of the IRS. Isn't FEMA that gum you chew that's supposed to keep you regular? I think so. All right. Congressman Peter DeFazio of Oregon said the Republicans are in collusion with big health insurers and the drug companies. They won't let you have a pre-existing condition. They can discriminate in any way they want. They can price gouge. They can price fix. And the Republicans say that driving people to that system is a better solution. You know, maybe you should encode these at an even lower bit rate. A guy at the news department who, uh, who put these sound bites together for us. Why don't you just send that to us via real audio player, huh? That'd be great. Portland native Katie Sackoff, best known as Kara on Battlestar Galactica, has been tapped the star on Fox's 24. She'll start filming today on the series that stars Kiefer Sutherland. Our old friend Kiefer Sutherland. That's right. So uh, I should say this. Now, we figured out the the average here okay. uh, for the guesses of Tim's IQ. So you were tapped once for your IQ, and you're the only person on the show, and I think actually the only person, I mean, even if, if, if I'm thinking back to, like, uh, Scotty J and Richie, and I don't think anybody else on the show has ever had their IQ tested. So really, you are Have the standard bearer. I mean, whatever it turns out to be, you know, the high, low, somewhere in between, you really are representing the entire program uh, here with, uh, with us. So we calculated all the audience guesses as to yes. what your IQ probably was. I have tallied them all up, and I have divided them by the total number of guesses to give us the average the audience, and that includes uh, Sarah and Greg and myself, the audience has guessed your IQ, Tim, to be... Yes. 127. Are we within three points either way? No. Ah, oh, darn it. Damn, damn. Well, can we say if it's higher or lower? That's lower. Wait a minute. So this is lower than it actually is? Yes. So, it's, so his IQ one is person, higher than one 130. One person did guess within one point. Really? 
Mm-hmm. What's the it. highest score that somebody gets? 140? Uh, the highest 139. was 139. No, the highest was 140. Is it within one? Is it within three points of 140? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, see now you just have to tell us what is it. 139. Yes. Yep. 139. How'd you know? Awesome. Okay, so I'm just going to say. By the way, you know, 140 is genius. Uh, 120 to 140 is very superior intelligence. Well, one more point, and I just couldn't work here. And yeah, and we if, can't ever take an IQ test if Tim's a genius. Siri, but, uh, but we all kind of knew he was very superior, though. So this is just confirming we what know, we are. We don't know. Well, I do think I'm superior, but other than that, we don't know what your scores are. No, no. no I would see, want to physically I... harm myself if Rick scored higher than me. What the hell is that? <laughs> what is that? I mean, no. <laughs> Would it really bug you if I had a higher IQ than you? I mean, more than it would if it was I know somebody that I else. I test poorly, and like thinking about my SATs, mm-hmm. I know that I don't. Know okay, I'm going to list some people right now, and I want you to tell me who it would bug you the most if their IQ was higher than you. In other words, of the following people, whose who whose IQ could you least live with it if if they was higher than yours? I'm mangling okay. the, the syntax there, but you know what I mean. I know what you mean. All right. Um, okay. Of the following people, who would you least accept having a uh, an inferior IQ? To me, fat boy. Uh, Lisa Wood. Uh, Aaron uh, Duran. Or. Um, this is tough. Mr. Skin. Oh, I'm glad that you gave me like a free one. There. Yeah. Um. In other words, there's somebody there who has a uh, you know who has a, a higher IQ and you just can't take it. Who would it bug you the most? I guess I would probably say Mr. Skin. Really? Just because he makes his career uh, talking about no, boobs? No, but at the same time, he's genius because he's he has made a career out of talking about boobs. I don't know. All those people that you listed are really smart. None of them would particularly bug me. I'm trying to see. That's the thing is we work with with smart people. We don't work. I'm trying to think. Like if like Scotty J, for example, <laughs> if I knew that Scotty J had um, a higher IQ than me. Yes, I'd want to, to hurt myself. You know, and there, here's the thing, and he doesn't. Uh, this is our former production assistant, Scotty J. He doesn't I mean, have God a higher him, IQ but... than you. Uh, he does have. He does have a Cadillac and a massive home and a television in his shower. The good news is he can't afford any of those things. And if you listen really closely, you can hear the sound of them being repossessed. All right, here's Tim Riley. So one of uh, David Carradine's ex-wives says he used to tie himself up in the bedroom all the time. He did like to tie himself up, but he told me it was a form of meditation. Where did he like to kind of tie himself? In the bedroom, where else? Yeah, yeah. La, la. It sounds like she's talking to Jack Klugman, uh, by the way. So, so in case you missed the program uh, a little bit earlier, we found out that he was buying his uh, little playthings at a store uh, in uh, Tarzana, a fashionable sex store, and he bought... Something of everything in the bondage department. So did they list specifically the things he bought? They, they, you said Not there were three yet, but they porn were, films. They, right. Three porn films. And some bondage, quote, devices. Yes. Now, Greg found out that we had somebody, uh, a TSA employee. And whenever that happens, it makes me feel bad for just railing on the TSA guys constantly. Mm-hmm. But, you know, perhaps he was the exception that proved the rule. So uh, Greg said that a TSA guy called. He didn't have time to go on hold. Um, but he called and he said that unless it was sharp or, uh, you know, like it was a cutting device of some kind, that there you could take bondage equipment onto the flight with you, which I didn't think would be the case. Like, I didn't think you could bring handcuffs on, for example. And the guy said, the TSA employee said, unless it was a sharp or cutting implement that, uh, in other words, unless you could use it to, like, jab somebody's eyes out, um, that you could bring bondage stuff onto the flight with hmm. you. You could bring in handcuffs. You could bring in, like, restraints or a gag or, like, a hood or whatever, which is totally awesome because it makes me want to go buy one of those, like, zippy, like, leather 
the leather hoods, sex slave hoods, and just but here's the but you know and not have it on while I'm in line, but just once I get, once I get onto the plane, just duck into the lavatory and just zip it and put it on and just come out and you know, pardon me, sir, would you like a you know anything to drink? Try it, coke, please. <laughs> Try and talk, talk through your zipper mouth. Tell me, I do. Do you have any seagrams? That'd be great. That'd be great. Just a splash of lemon. Have you seen the Skyball catalog? <laughs> Tim kind of sounds like Darth Vader when he does that. <laughs> yes, he does. All right. Awesome. Well, Candy Spelling is heartbroken, thinking she's never going to see her grandchildren. I don't know if I'll ever get to see my grandchildren again. I used to be able to see Liam uh, on, on a quite often basis. Uh, one of the two nannies brought him over. Now they have, you know, because of the two children, they have two nannies. Jesus, she used to be able to inhale without sounding like a trout on a riverbank, too. All right, let me just uh, end everything uh, in the best possible way, which is the worst possible way. It is the worst song you've ever heard. We had this, uh, it was in the 6 o'clock hour, we unveiled this. And this is the best one we've had in quite some time. So I won't play the whole thing here, uh, but we'll, uh, we'll put a, you'll be able to hear it as part of the podcast, KUFO.com. So this is from uh, a church somewhere, and I'm unclear as to where, but it's it's like a static shot. There's sort of one person with holding uh, like a video camera, it's a home video of some kind. I suspect taken by the singer's mother. That's always the way these things work. So this is an unnamed guy at a church somewhere who gets up behind the pulpit, and he belts out his own unique interpretation of the staple Amazing Grace. So I'll give you like the first 30 seconds or so, and then the last 30 seconds, your whole thing online at uh, KUFO.com. Ladies and gentlemen, an encore performance today's It's the Worst Song You've Ever Heard. Praise the Lord, Jesus, in the name of the Lord. Amen. I'm going to sing Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound. Amazing Grace. I want people to sing with me, too. Amazing Grace. Here's where it goes off the rails. This is where he he loses the thread. Tell like the organist is unclear about whether to come in just full strength because trying to match his tone and his uh, his sort of wavering tempo and I think the guy who is playing the organ back there don't you get the sense he's shooting a series of looks at the pastor sort of like are we staying stopping is this are we going to continue I can you cut him all right I guess I'll just sort of okay I can you turn down the the end And then he just stops altogether at one point. All right, so we'll go to the uh, the big finish here. All right, so this is as he's wrapping it up. And I think at this point, the pastor has come up on stage and is doing that sort of trying to cut him off. Like, all right, give him a big hand. Please stop singing. And just when you think he's done, he comes back for the sort of uh, the, the coda to the whole thing. I give you the uh, conclusion that today's installment of It's the Worst Song You've Ever Heard. Awesome. Amen. Thank you.
Uh, no, no, no. Thank you, sir. Thank you. We want to thank uh, CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop for joining us today. Also, mystery guest Mark Lindemer uh, and uh, Peter Carlin will be uh, joining us on Friday. By the way, the Rick Emerson Show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillen for Rock 101 KUFO. In the newsroom, Tim Riley on the phones, the production assistant, Greg Nibbler, keeping the whole place together today. Uh, the gatekeeper is Dave Zinn at the front desk. Webmistress is Bridget from upstairs. CBS Radio Portland marketing guru Susan Don't F With Me Reynolds. Executive producer Christopher J. Paddock. Smells like the 90s coming up next with our good friend Buzz. We'll see you all tomorrow when our guests will include Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com and Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week. My name is Rick Emerson. Thank you for listening, friends, uh, Romans, neighbors, ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, and countrymen. It is Wednesday, June 10th, 2009, and that is The Frequency. Kenneth, see you all tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Be safe. Bye. Watch out for snakes. One big fiesta for illegal aliens and homosexuals. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area, your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening.